The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have. You are now locked in to the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by Runafanatic.com. Head on over to Runafanatic.com and go see about Phil Goyette's Climbing the Rookie Ladder, both hitter and pitcher editions. He updates them weekly and he will give you insights into prospects that are rising and prospects that are falling. All at Runafanatic.com. It's episode 108. Today, it's Michael Govier and his guest. Christopher Deary is still restoring his basement after the tragic flood of the past weekend. We wish Christopher Deary all the best and a speedy recovery with that basement. Having said that, today's guest is no stranger to fantasy baseball. He's also no stranger to life. He has already stuffed three lifetimes worth of life into a very short window, and we're real thrilled to have him. He's going to teach us a lot about life and fantasy baseball. Give it up for the one and only Brock Miller, also known as Brockness Monster on Twitter. Join Brock and Michael as they talk about Kyle Schwarber's continued dominance this month, who's coming back off the IL in return of the Mac, Enrico's Inquisition, and Too Many Dicks. That's right, what is Too Many Dicks? Well, you gotta listen to find out. You're gonna have all that and more on a wacky but very, very unique episode of the Palazzo Pod. We give you what you want, when you want it, and if you don't get it, you can't complain because we never promised it in the first place. Take it away, boys! With the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. Uncensored Raw tonight. It's me and my special guest, who I'll mention in a moment. No Deary tonight. Deary's still struggling from the terrible great flood that has just impacted Southeast Michigan like a mofo. Real, real pain in the ass. Deary, uh, we're thinking of you. Shout out to Deary. I hope you're doing well out there. Best with the basement and the restoration that's going on there. But 
have no fear because I am joined tonight by Brock this Monster, Brock Miller from FTN. Let's give it up for my main man here. Brock, welcome in to the show. It's been long, long, long overdue, and I'm thrilled to have you aboard, my friend. I am super excited to be here. Um, like I was just telling you right before we jumped on here, you know, there's 10 million podcasts out there, and, and they're all good ones, and I try to jump in there and um, and check out most of them. And I don't always have time, but I usually, I almost always uh, find a way to beam up the Palazzo podcast. So super happy to be here. Bye, man. I do appreciate that kind of effort. Uh, Jasper's in the house. What's up, Jasper? Great to see you. Jasper's always a regular. Brock, say hello to Jasper. Yo. <laughs> Jasper lives in Indiana. Have you ever been to Indiana, Brock? I've driven through Indiana in 2010 on Warp Tour. Um, I don't remember it and I'll tell you why, because everything to the east of the Colorado river is the same. It's all the wow. same. It's all, it's all flat. There's no mountains. There's no, <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. There's, there's everything west of the Colorado river and then to the east of the Colorado river. It's just, it's whatever. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I was not expecting this kind of content, but I'm down with it. I could roll with it. I lived in Denver for a year, and it was gorgeous. I loved it out there. I never, never should have left. Never should have left. I don't know what I was thinking, but I longed for the Great Lakes State, and it brought me back. Yeah, Denver's great. I'm going there. Fuck, man. Like, can I, can I say the fuck word? I can say the You can say whatever the fuck you want, whatever the fuck, and however the fuck you want it. I'm going to Denver in like two weeks. I can't keep oh, track. Are. It might be three weeks. I can't tell. I'm I'm not gonna. It's like yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the All Star game. Hey, that's right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coors. There it is. Right on cue. Yep. Coors Field. One. Coors Field. Home Run Derby. All Star game. I'm gonna climb some mountains. I'm gonna just look up. There's got to be a list out there somewhere. I figure I could pull up. I could get a hold of the list. Find. The, the, the biggest mountain out there. I'm going to climb the damn thing. Uh, yes. I can't wait. Yeah, Denver's great. Denver's great. The things that make Denver great is like the reasons why I like the rest of the western uh, part of the United States. There's there's not – oh, wait, wait. Yancey's saying something. This is – see, this is fucking – this is great. I'm so happy to be here because Yancey has been gone from Twitter for like five weeks or something like that. I, I don't know. I just – Is I, that I, true? I, I pull it up there. Look, I come on Palazzo podcast, and I get to hear from Yancey again. That's amazing. That's what this podcast does. Brings people together. That's fantastic news. Can't beat it. Woo! Yancey. By the way, I didn't know Yancey was off Twitter. Is that true, Yancey? It's been like weeks. It's been over a month. It's been over a month since there was, I don't know, Any something happened a couple weeks ago. There was like, everything was obnoxious. Twitter was just full of a bunch of like, uh, what? You know, Twitter like, was obnoxious. No way. And, right. And, and so I, I text Yancey. I was like, Yancey, I was like, I know you're taking a break from Twitter. I just want to let you know, just in case you're wondering, you haven't missed anything. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect time to be taking a break from Twitter. This is completely fucking obnoxious. And <laughs> you know, I, uh, anyway, what a nice shocker. Yancey, I love, yeah, this show loves Yancey. This show is dedicated to Yancey. Taking a break, he says, yeah, who cares? Fair enough with me. Jasper's chiming in saying, spent a few years up in the Bighorns, Sheridan, Dayton, Buffalo side. What do you say to that, Brock? Uh, you know what? The, okay. You you know what? I, I leave myself open to be corrected. Okay. I have seen uh, in, in Michigan, what? 
what is, what is the national park up there on the northern edge of Michigan up there? Isle Royal is the only national park in Michigan. Yes, and I've seen pictures and it looks fantastic. I definitely want to visit there. I have to visit Tiger Stadium at some point here. You know, I, I can't cross them all off the list if I never go to Detroit. I want Tiger to Stadium's go gone, but Comerica Park is there. Comerica, Comerica. <laughs> uh, uh. Although Tiger Stadium does have a little tiny diamond left. Like, one home plate is there, but the whole thing is gone. But they actually play baseball there in the uh, police athletic league situation. So it technically kind of still exists. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go visit both of them then. I'm going to have to see that for myself. So uh, at some point in time, a, a trip to Michigan is is definitely there. But I'm telling you, man, the left coast, I, I, I hate to be an asshole, but it's great. There's like 8,000, 10,000 foot tall mountains everywhere. The beach is like right over there. The Dodgers are like right over there. If, if I really want to get crazy, the Padres, they're like right over there literally last weekend this is what i did i was in san diego i went to the padres game i saw tatis hit three home runs and the the next morning i was teaching my nephew how to stand up paddleboard in the bay i left there like two hours later i was in the mountains at eight thousand feet elevation starting a campfire cooking s'mores woke up the next morning drove back down the mountain a couple hours later i was at a dodger game on sunday afternoon I mean, you, you can't beat it. That is so fetch. Dude, that is fucking fantastic, by the way. That is legendary. That's why I think, honestly, the eastern half of the United States has a lot of connectivity. You can hit a lot of places in a short area, but don't get that natural. Okay, maybe you get a little bit of nature over there on the east coast. I don't want to be a total dick about it, but that mountain-esque with the beaches mixed in and the desert... It's all over there, and it's just so much more pristine and cleaner because it's been less used by humanity in large doses, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, there's we, we've got a couple big cities here, of course. You know, we, we've got the Bay Area. Of course, we've got L.A. We've got the big cities and stuff like that, but a lot of other things kind of spread out there. There's still a lot of um, open space out here, um, yeah. you know, d- despite uh, everybody being kind of, you know, still 30 million people in the state of California, but it's great. Like I said, Yosemite, you know, the national parks here are great. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, Danielle Salinger is a big fan of you. She loves our facial hair. She's in the house. Justin Mason's <laughs> other half, the better half, some would say. I think Danielle would definitely say. And she also lives in California, <laughs> right? She's your, she's a Cali friend. Yeah, they're, they're actually um, right down the road, apparently, from a place I, I was just considering taking a job up north. I was going to potentially be neighbors with them. Um, but it was just such an expensive place to live. I just didn't think I was going to be able to make it work. Got to watch those wildfires too, man. Jeez. It would have been pretty awesome to be able to go and, and see a Giants and Dodgers game uh, with, with the Solingers. I was I would have been looking forward to that for sure. Have to settle for uh, uh, first pitch Arizona. First pitch Arizona. I don't know. Justin was there. Not last year. Last year was canceled. The year before. Maybe this coming year. Maybe if we have it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, it's still up in the air. Last I heard, so it's not canceled, but I think it might happen. And I'd really want to go because I've never been. It would be a great opportunity to meet you in person, meet Justin, meet all these people I've talked to on Twitter and had on the show over the last year and a half. Put a face, yeah. put a yeah. bump of a fist to it. You know, it'd be really cool to do that. I'd be totally down for that. Plus, like Phoenix in like early November, it's it's beautiful there. It's just beginning to become bearable. You know, so hot during the summer out there, but November is it's a nice it's a nice time of year to go. No doubt. Uh, by the way, this is for you, Danielle. This is a little teaser. Dude. 
Just a little teaser, but I promised Danielle that, and she's basically showed up for the dicks. Let's be honest. Uh, who wouldn't, though? I mean, we all love dick. I know that this is going to be a great show because Brock is here. Brock is from FTN. Now, Brock does different things at FTN. They have a lot to offer. They've got daily, and they've got bets, and EFS. So break it down. Tell me everything uh, people need to know about your situation at FTN. So as far as FTN and, and myself goes, uh, I am doing a uh, single entry GPP article for all you daily fantasy players out there. Um, I, I don't, you know, so many of these websites do a great job covering DFS. I mean, it's a big industry. There's a lot of money out there. Anytime there's money, there's going to be a lot of content. And there really is good content there. But it's it's always like focused on the the max um, the multi-entry, you know, the, those tournaments okay. where you're building 150 lineups, your cash games, 20, not, not, there's, there's some stuff for cash games too. Um, it, it, it's out there. There's definitely a lot of guys out there, but, um, the art of single entry GPP, like you're building one lineup, all your eggs are going in that basket tonight and, and you're not trying to minimum cash. You're trying to win a damn tournament. Um, that is a very specific strategy that goes along with that thing. And that, is, that's, the, the article that I'm writing covers um, just that. It's uh, Tuesday and Friday only, um, two days a week. I mean, it, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. There's a lot of research that's involved there. So two days a week has been um, plenty for me. And those those are the big full slates anyways, right? You know, you had a couple other days where it's small slate and you got yeah. the split slate during the middle of the week, that kind of thing. So I, I stick to Tuesday and Friday so far. So we've got that, of course, FTN Fantasy, uh, which is the season-long version of the FTN site. Um that's mostly, you know, most of that um, content is, you know, Maddie and uh, Matt Cupfully, my podcasting partners over there at FTN. So um, those guys provide a, lot of, provide a lot of great content there. And then um, I'm usually there to tag along on the podcast with them. And uh, John Legiza too, on the East Coast. He also is part MLB of MLB Moving Averages, man. He, he's he's the man. He's uh, He's banging out a great podcast every morning. It's about 30 minutes long. He covers all the games for that day, whether you're looking at this through the lenses of a, of a better, uh, a DFS player, even season long. If you're looking in season long, if, you know, something we're going to talk about a little bit later, you know, trying to keep track of who's losing spin and, and who's not, he's covering that. So especially like if you're in a daily league, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. MLB moving averages. Uh, yeah, John's a man. Yeah, love John. John's great. Everybody knows that. But FTN's got a pretty solid crew going on. I actually saw... This isn't important, but it was just random Twitter stuff. And Brad Evans was one of the creators, but he's leaving FTN to do other things. I don't know if that's a negative thing or not, because it sounded pretty positive. He sent a Twitter note saying, farewell, everybody, best of luck at FTN, and good times going forward. Yeah, it's definitely um, something I think that they they agreed on. You know, he's been working on a lot of different projects there, and uh, he's only got time for, for so many. Um, so I know, you know, Brad's like kind of like a, a football guy anyway, and they oh, replaced him with uh, Matt uh, Matt Freeman. You know what? I don't. He's a football guy too, and I don't know any football guys. But <laughs> Those football guys. You know. I don't know. Super. This guy's super popular, and everybody's like, "Oh no, this is great. He's even better." Like the you know FTN's gonna be, you know <laughs> and you know Kevin. Kevin's kind of the boss over there at FTN and stuff. And uh, Ke- Kevin and El- Elliot, they're super excited. They think this is a, a great move for the company and stuff. So if you're into football, uh, FTN's gonna be a great place to go. 
they, they've, they've got a new site, and I don't even really get it because I'm not a football guy, kind of stupid. It's called FTN Data, and this is going to be like their own website. They All, all the data, everything's housed inside. It's going to be – if you're into football, it's going to be exciting. I'm not excited because I'm not in football, but I don't know. Damn, that sounds too intense, Brock. Take it down a notch. I'm already exhausted. Me. I'm done. That one is long gone. Show's over. That's <laughs> it. No, that's fantastic. So FTN is really underrated. It's newer. And even though this show is presented by rotafanatic.com, which, uh, you know, I'm a part of, investor of, and always uh, try to bring you guys the best fantasy baseball content we can, there's tons of options out there. And if if you had to go anywhere else besides rotofanatic.com, I think FTN's a fine place to go. I really do. And I'm not just saying that because all the people that work there are so legit. I love Matty Wood. And I love John. I'm loving you. And uh, I don't know Cuffley that well, but I, I have had a couple of Twitter interactions. But I'd like to know him better as well. So good times, man. Really good times. We, we, we should probably talk about Roto Fanatic, though, because, you know, honestly, you know, you, know, you hit me up for, for this podcast. I want to do my due diligence. I want to take a look through the site and stuff like that and get familiar. And I was on it for like 10 minutes and I was already seeing different pages like, oh, this is totally something. I'm going to pull this up when I go through my my um, my DFS research. I do an audit of all the pictures I want to take up. I want to look at the quality of contact over over the last couple of weeks. You know, who's getting smashed on? who's improving different things like that. And I was already seeing things over on Roto Fanatic that like, I'm going to take a look at this page. Uh, next thing I'm uh, next time I'm doing my, my uh, picture audit. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. We're going to talk more about the data monster, which is a great tool on rotofanatic.com. a little later in the show. We're also going to cover the catch of the day, which we always do and return to the max. Some players that are on the mend going to help your fantasy team. Possibly, if you roster them. If you don't, and they're free agents, maybe you'll pick them up. We'll do Enrico's Inquisition, because Brock is new to the show, and we're going to grill his ass and really get to know him beyond the game of baseball. And Too Many Dicks. Yeah, I already previewed that earlier. It's actually a real segment. It'll make sense when we get to it. And the gunk is gone. Pitcher examinations since June 22nd, which I'm also focusing on Matt Williams' article. Shout, Shout out to Matt. Obviously, he's one of Rotofanatic people as well. But he also works at NBC Speed. NBC Sports Edge, which just does not flow off the tongue like Roto World does. However, the article he did is fantastic, and it's about the numbers we're seeing and the changes, if there are any, from several different pitchers since the inspection gang started doing their inspections on June 21st. So we're going to talk about that. And What do you think of that, Brock? Real quickly, these inspections, doesn't it just annoy you? It seems like, why did we have to? get to this point where it had to happen in the middle of a season the umps look like assholes because they don't want to do it but they got to do it right you know and it's too bad i feel bad for the umps because everybody's already all up on the shit all the time and then now this thing and and everybody's you know booing the umps and um i think it was like joe davis on the dodgers broadcast the other night brought up kind of a good point like uh clayton kershaw had just finished off like the eighth inning he had 13 strikeouts just beautiful beautiful performance there um, and he's, he's coming off and, and the whole stadium is just, you know, give him, you know, he's over hundred pitches. Everybody knew he's done at that point, you know, give, you know, cheering him off the field. You know, it was a really neat moment and he's kind of, you know, waving, kind of coming off the field and then he, he's got to stop and he's got to undo his belt in front of everybody. He's got, you know, it just, it's not, it, it's one of those things. There's a couple different, um, things that could be happening here. I know I've seen people talk about, um, you know, trying to make the, the players look bad, in advance of the CBA negotiations in this offseason, 
Um, I've seen them saying it's a, a knee-jerk reaction to them changing the ball and having you know six no-hitters in the first you know whatever five weeks of the season. A knee-jerk reaction. I don't all these different ideas. I don't know which one it is, but it all makes MLB look really bad and it makes us look really stupid. And um, you know, you I'm sure you do this all the time. I know that I do. Sometimes I'm wrong, and instead of just wearing it. You have to admit you're wrong. You apologize. You try to fix it. You try to make it better. This has not been good for the game of baseball. Uh, them going out there checking for these substances where, you know, the injuries, uh, I, I don't know if injuries are really up for pitchers or not there, but definitely, you know, glass now was talking about um, the, the injuries associated, how he thinks his injury happened and stuff like that. I mean, MLB just admit, oops, we, sh- we shouldn't have done this. We should have done this in the offseason when these guys got a couple weeks at home to work it out in their backyard before a full spring training this way. You know, just pulling the plug on it right in the middle there just has not been the answer. And, I mean, just just change it. Just take it back. Well, I got to tell you, the main guy who looks like a dick here is probably Manfred. Ah! Oh, shit! I said the word of the day. I'm sorry. Man, that's uh, the secret word of today. Sorry about that, but. Yes. Rob Manfred looks like an asshole. Uh, but people are saying it's not necessarily his fault that somebody had to step in and do something about this now. He actually has his defenders, so I don't really agree with that, but whatever. This is not about that. This show has so much more to offer, and we're here to talk business. So, of course, it's got to be business time. Time to fire up the music. We've changed. This is a big change for our show, guys. The Belvedere music is over for the housekeeping. We switched to business time. It's business time from the Flight of the Concords, which obviously is getting a lot of pub on this show right now because we did too many dicks and we're doing business time. I updated some of my audio, and I thought Mr. Belvedere was a little dated, too. You know what I mean, Brock? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Belvedere is very old. Girl, tonight we're going to make love. You know how I know? Because it's Wednesday, and Wednesday night right? the night that we <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm... For people who come on this show and you're trying to do two things at once and it's not easy for you to do that, this is a very challenging show for those types of people. ADHD, I feel bad if you have it or I apologize if that's the case because we're trying to have a conversation. I'm dumping audio here and that's just how I roll. You know, I try to make the show a little different than your typical fantasy pod. You know, a little more action, a little more comedy, right? Absolutely. Kind of, kind of random. I'm pretty sure I saw Flight of the Concords in concert in LA like 12 years ago or something. My nice. aunt from New Zealand was out visiting and she was a big fan. I'm pretty sure she took me and my dad down. We went down to LA and saw that. Dude, that is fantastic. They're so funny. I love that show. That was Super random. great little wonderful time. And they did their live shows with the acoustics where they play acoustic versions of song like this. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. I'm glad you did that. That that tells me the reason I liked you. There was something to it. I, I could tell you. We got Super Trooper references, like the Concord references. I like it. I like it. Jaybird's here. What up, all? I vote for Michigan. Jay is a Michigander himself, so he's a little biased, Brock. But he's a good guy. Trust me. You give him a chance. Uh, he's also a Braves slash Tigers fan, which is you know different. Go Tigers. I, I think the Braves. I think the Braves and Cubs. Um, everybody is like a little bit of a Braves and Cubs fan. If you're like in our age range, just because uh, when we're growing up, TBS and WGN. You get home from uh, from school in the afternoon, um, and if you had nothing else to do, there was like always a Braves or a Cubs game on. So I, I I get that. Nice. That's very true. Shouldn't forget that cable did a lot of things for those clubs. No doubt about it. 
I want to say thank you to our new followers who are following us. The Palazzo Podcast has broke 1,000 followers. Thank you so much on Twitter. That's a big moment for us. Woohoo! Yippee! We take that with pride. We don't obsess over followers, but it does show that we are growing and connected with more people, and that does matter to us. Please sub the YouTube channel. If you've never done that, if you're listening to the podcast version, sub the YouTube channel. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. On Twitter. Give me two. Easy to find. Fantasy baseball hashtags, all that stuff should not be difficult to find at all. And then lastly, the trophy for the Palazzo Invitational. Yesterday, we had on Paul Mamito and Crosby Spencer. You could check that episode out on the YouTube channel or on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we talked about having a Bash Brothers trophy, which sounds pretty cool to me. I'd kind of be into that. But at least it's a newer idea. So we're looking for more ideas. The trophy cutoff will probably be at the All-Star break. So we only have a couple more weeks before we got to pull the plug and really make the trophy so it's ready at the end of the season. So if you got any ideas, send them our way. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Utah. Z's. Give me two. Brock, do you have any trophy recommendation ideas? I, I don't. I saw that. I mean, I think you guys brought it up on the podcast about a week and a half ago, and I was just kind of listening along, and I really don't have any good ideas. My imagination um, is, is not going to be any help here, unfortunately. <laughs> That's fine. It's, it's not that important, but either way, it's going to get done. If you have an idea, don't be shy about it. You could be, this is so cool. You could be the person that comes up with the idea for the trophy forever. You'll be known forever. This is a trophy that's going to be coming around year, year, year after year, an annual event, this Palazzo Invitational or whatever we call it next year. We might change the name, but the frame of reference stays the same. So if you want to be famous, consider making a trophy idea and sending it in. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah. Okay. Give me that's two. all the business. The business is done. Why don't we get into leading off? All right. And leading off, once again, I have shocking news. Maybe it's not really shocking because if you've been paying attention this month, Kyle Schwarber, pretty good. Good. Our first catch of the day. And once again, the guy keeps hitting home runs, and people keep pitching in the strike zone or barely in the strike zone, and the guy keeps hitting home runs. This is a true tear, an elite tear. This is one of the heaters of recent memory, not just this season, obviously, but of the last couple of years, frankly. Brock, what do you make of this Kyle Schwarber madness in D.C.? I I honestly think the last time we saw anything like this was like um, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, like uh, the the steroid era. I don't think we've seen anybody going to tear exactly like you know Cody Bellinger had that April that was like so great you know two years ago. Um, I mean, there's there's been some great months out there, but nothing like this. I don't I don't know where we're at. I he didn't hit a home run today, shockingly enough. But I think we're still <gasps> at like what like 16 home runs in 18 games or 15 and 18 something like that and. Um, there's actually a great DFS lesson to be learned in this one. Um, here you got a guy, Kyle Schwarber, hitting a home run every single day, sometimes two. And Give me two. Utah, give me two. <laughs> and then uh, I believe it was like the Monday slate or was it? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. And they're facing Rich Hill, I believe. Uh, all of a sudden, he's facing a left-handed pitcher, and nobody used him in DFS. Everybody, oh, there's a left-handed pitcher right there. That's perfect opportunity. Like I, any of us can look up 
the the splits and see like okay his weighted runs created plus is a bigger number if he's facing right-handers than left-handers. Anybody can look that up. The guy's hitting every single pitch over the fence. The only difference on Monday, lefty, righty, I don't care. The only difference, he was 2% owned on Monday. The day before oh. that, he was like 35% owned. That's something you got to take advantage of right there. Damn! Yeah, that definitely deserves a damn. That's a that's painful. Missed opportunities in DFS drive me nuts. I couldn't hang. I never played DFS full-time until this season. I decided to commit to a site. Uh, I didn't do FTN. Maybe I should have. Uh, but... I committed to a site, a guy I trust, and I still trust, and I don't regret that part at all. But I just just lost all my money, really. It, it was six weeks of playing from opening day, and by mid-May, I was mostly cashed out. I'd tried to play cash games a lot, and then I'd pepper in a couple of tourneys here and there. Uh, and there's a lot of tricks to the trade that I was aware of, and people were telling me, and I was listening to people's daily advice. But then there were other guys that I wanted to play, but I listened to the advice I was getting and some of those would hit, but then at the other times, it became this madness for me, Brock, of, oh, I had this guy I wanted to play, but I didn't. And then they would have a great play that I didn't because I liked my guy. And I kept going back and forth and basically missing all the great plays. So it just it just became exhausting, and it's really unfortunate. I thought uh, I would do better, but I learned a lot, man. It's a tough game. It, it, it's really tough. And um, if I can pass along anything, I've been playing – pretty much every single day during the baseball season since I can't remember if it was like 2013 or 2014. So for a long time, and um, I, there's a million lessons out there. I think I've learned them all. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, but through all of that, I, I, I still think like at least 80% of the days are just like the way that, that you're describing. You, you know, you pull out your phone, you check the thing, you you look it up, you're like, oh, I had him in the fucking lineup until three minutes until the lock. Oh my God. Like that just, that never goes away. That never goes away. It stays frustrating like 90% of the time. Um, you just, you, you just learn to make those days where it, it isn't a frustrating day. You really got to find a way to cash out to maximize your return on, on those days. I have, a, I have a great exactly. I, I have a great story from just yesterday. Um, we had a little bit of rain in Cincinnati yesterday. I had my yeah. lineup all figured out. Like, I mean, I'd gone in and changed out everybody, and like finally, okay, I'm here. Padre stack. These are my pitchers. These are my other. I was really high on Atani and Joey Gallo, um, and I, I really locked in. And I, I pulled up the weather with like three minutes left. I wish I hadn't even checked. I pulled it up and see. Oh, Cincinnati's full of rain. Cincinnati's full of rain. Well, I don't want to get a zero from those guys. I don't want to take the chance of that. I've got Plastic the nuts panic. everywhere else. Everybody else is good. Okay, so first thing I could think of, well, well, who else do I swap to if I have a whole lot of budget left and I need shortstop, second base, and third base? First thing I think of, the Indians. They were facing a guy that's really bad against left-handed pitching, so uh, or left-handed hitting, rather. So I, I swapped to the Indians. What happened? The Padres go out there. Tommy Pham has like 30 points. The Padres score a bunch of runs. They're great. And the Tigers and the Indians game is rained out. And I got zeros from those guys to go along with two home runs from Joey Gallo, two home runs from Shoei Otani, and really good pitching. It was just, yeah, I, ha I had Herman Marquez, who didn't get a no-hitter, got super close. Oh, that, that's, just, that's just one day in the life right there. Oh, that is just brutal, man. That's the kind of thing that I think about, and it just gives me the willies. I I picked up on a Friday night, this was early on in the season, when Alejandro Kirk was healthy for the Blue Jays, the catcher. 
Him and Kurilov, I played both of them, and they both had two homer nights, and I played in a $30,000 tourney, first prize, and I was so close with those guys, but the rest of the lineup stunk so bad that I ended up being like 30 points short. It was mm. I scored like 215 points, which is a, Damn. You know, a right, but it still wasn't good enough. It That's was a, a massive night. night. Yeah. Right. Right. 215 yeah. most most nights these days 215 wins a tournament. It was a crazy night. I'd have to go look at all the stats. There was probably some other guys that still bumped other people, but I also shit to bed so bad with if you shit to bed with a pitcher too, it can really screw you. And there's another guy who's really cheap who goes off. That you know, all these things matter, but you know, it's not a DFS show, but DFS is interesting. I'm not done with it. But I still find it interesting, and I'd like to continue to talk about it. If you guys play DFS out there, you should definitely be following Brockness Monster on Twitter. That's Brock with no K, by the way. Brockness, like the Loch Ness Monster up in Scotland. Uh, I don't know if I can do a Scottish accent. That was about the extreme. Uh, close enough for me. Yeah, all right. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, Ryan says that blows. Hope he is all good and gets it settled. Well, yeah, we. He's in the live stream chat over here. He's talking about Deary, our co-host, unavailable tonight due to the continuing frustration with the basement. We wish you the best, Deary. And Ryan is a huge fan of Deary, always supporting Deary and his massage business. So thank you, Ryan. We do appreciate that. You mentioned Yon Makata. You want to talk about Makata for a second here, Brock? Uh, I, I kind of considered it. Um, but then right after that, I saw that you put in Schwarber. And Schwarber's um, really just definitely more exciting than Yon Makata. But it <laughs> was uh, it, it is kind of worth mentioning Yon Makata. Um, if you pull up the weighted runs created plus the – the top hitters of the 2021 season. It's like a whole bunch of guys with like between like 12 and 25 home runs or, or whatever. And then there's like, there's Adam Frazier um, has like four home runs, but he's still up there. Yon Mankata is 40th in weighted runs created plus only has five home runs so far. I don't have his tab open. I, I, I closed his tab earlier. Um, so I'm kind of shooting from the hip here, but anyways, the, the point was, he was like the only guy up there in weighted runs created plus that really didn't have any power, besides from Adam Frazier. And we know Adam Frazier's not going to hit any home runs. They could right. trade him to the Yankees like they've been talking about. He might hit a couple more, but he's still not going to hit more than a dozen. Like, I'd be surprised if he hits a dozen. Anyway, so Yohan Mankata, taking a look under the hood for Yohan Mankata, um, the, the, the walk rate is through the roof for him this year. Um, the plate discipline's been great there. Um, I mean, he's been a legitimately great hitter. The um, max exit velocity is right in line with his career. Like all those other numbers kind of look like they're kind of in line. He's just hitting a few more ground balls than he did in the last couple years there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those correct a little bit. And by the end of the season, you're taking a look at Yoan Mankata. He's like hitting 290. Maybe he gets to 20 home runs. Um, I, I think we're looking at a big second half from Yoan Mankata. So I, I just I wanted to throw that out there. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. I'll tell you this. Do you think Makata will hit 20 home runs this year? He's at he's at five. No. He's at no. five. I, I I would I'm hoping for him to get to I would change that number to 18. Kind of hoping yeah. for 18. Yeah. I was banking on 20 from him. I really thought it was easy peasy, but that has not been the case. He's hurt me a lot, a league. See, he's had a solid batting average and he scored some runs. Um, but I did have him as Dark Horse MVP on Roto Fanatic. Every year we do the Dark Horse Cy Young and MVP. All the staff submits their picks. I chose uh, Sandy Alcantara in the NL, who has been pretty good. He hasn't he hasn't been Cy Young good, but he's definitely been good, which makes me happy. And then Mankata for MVP, and it just has not even come close to that, unfortunately. I, maybe he's just always going to be this guy who's too wrapped up in life 
beyond baseball, which if you guys don't know, there's videos. He does songs. He's an entertainer. He considers himself to be like this legit entertainer. They're they're kind of funny if you look at him as, as the baseball guy because he's taking himself all serious, like all Mac Daddy, and he's all sexy and singing and dancing. And it, it seems like maybe that's more of a priority for him. I, maybe I misjudged him. He's super talented, but sometimes the most talented guys in all sports are not necessarily the most driven guys by any means. Hmm. I did not know any of those things about him. That was very interesting. <laughs> oh, I was looking oh, at the dude. numbers. I I, yeah. I I think I'm impressed. I think, you know, the, you know, he, what did he hit? Like 24 home runs with the bouncy ball. Like he's just not a, a big power guy there, but, um, and, and this is a little bit of an allusion to somebody we might talk about a little bit later, but I, I fully expect the White Sox lineup to start getting a little bit more healthy uh, as the season goes on there. I think he's going to be hitting third for a juggernaut of an offense at some point there. Um, I think some of those home runs are going to come, and I think the counting stats are, are really going to be there. All right. Well, I, I, I thought 20 homers would be pretty easy, but that's not been the case. And that's how it goes sometimes, folks. You learn the hard way. That's what this business is all about. You put yourself out there. You do the work. You hope it goes your way. Sometimes it don't. And Sam Jakobowitz, who's also a regular here. Sam, what's up, my friend? Good to see you. He's so mad he didn't start Trent Grisham tonight, which apparently was a big day. Two homers, five RBIs from Mr. Grisham. So that's a nice DFS play, right? That is. And I think the Padres were my top stack for tonight's DFS slate. My article. Ah, well, oh, okay. That's interesting. I I wonder how much Grisham was going for on the uh, sites tonight. Ballpark. I don't, I haven't checked the DFS prices in a while. So I assume, you know, he's a good outfielder, so he wouldn't be super cheap, but I don't think he'd also be expensive as a Ronald Acuna or some shit like that. So. I think he was 4,600. I think he's um, oh. kind of, you know, early in the season, he was priced up pretty high there because he was hitting at the top of that lineup. He's been hitting like seventh lately for a little while, but as he's starting to turn things on, I think tonight he was hitting fifth. They've moved him up a little bit there, but um, yeah, 4,600. Um, but yeah, man, uh, playing in Great American Small Park, you get priced up for that. <laughs> That's always worth a laugh. I love that. All right, well. We're going to continue to talk about baseball here on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. I'm MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, at Brock Ness Monster without the K, Brock Ness Monster. Speaking of monsters, it's time to talk about the data monster. I can monster, on him I can depend. That's right. We all want monsters. You know, monsters don't have to be scary. They can be your friend. And the data monster is your friend on rotofanatic.com. And I wanted to bring up some stats that I found, which you can look at freely on rotofanatic.com. And in fact, I'm going to show you how to do that right now. This is a little bit of an interactivity session, which we can do because I use this program and I might as well take advantage of it. So let me do this and then let me do all that. Oh, look at this, dude. Does this freak you out? Look at this, Brock. Whoa. We're like in the multiverse here. It's crazy. <laughs> like staring, like looking into a mirror with a mirror over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, rotofanatic.com, you click on the data monster tools. You got hitter tools, fastball, barrel board, pitcher tools, yada, yada, yada. So, we're going to look at the pitcher tools here, and you can pick up a bunch of different categories. We're going to go with stuff ERA, which is Paul Mamino's thing. And minimum number of pitches, 250 is pretty low. I think 750 would kind of sort out some of the most, most uh, pitched pitchers this season. We want to get the best of the best. So, oh, hang on. Let me look at my rundown here. If everybody wants to see our rundown, there it is. Look at that. Woohoo! Right there. It's now, like showing your underwear to people. <laughs> I know. Oh. Kind of. I love to open up, peel back that 
that door, the curtain, you know? I like to show people the truth. So as far as the top five in Stuff ERA, you got Jacob DeGrom, obviously. But second in all the league, Kevin Gaussman, right behind DeGrom at a 1.30 Stuff ERA. And Kyle Gibson, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and also Corbin Burns right after him. Three straight Brewer starters. So what I find interesting about this is, like, look at these names, Brock. You know, Woodruff, Burns, DeGrom, uh, Musgrove's been really good, Rodgers, Trevor Rodgers, Max Scherzer. If you start going down the list, you see big-time names like Walker Bueller. And, but Kevin Gossman's second. Isn't that amazing? I, I really thought that he was overhyped with his ADP coming into the season. I thought it was a load of crap. But Gaussman has delivered this season and finally been consistent. He he really has been something. Um, I know he had a little bit of a tough time last night with the Dodgers, but um, for what it's worth, the Dodgers against right-handed starting pitching is about the toughest matchup in baseball, aside from like maybe the Astros there. So I give him a little bit of a pass for the performance against the Dodgers there. But you know he was good against them a couple weeks ago. They're a little bit um, weaker at that point in time. But um, mm-hmm. Gaussman is just. Uh, he's just been nasty. He's been, um, you know, definitely, you know, the, the strikeouts have been there, um, double digit strikeouts. I don't know how many times this, this season. Uh, I, I, I did mention the other day that I think, you know, Gossman outside of DeGrom um, has probably been the um, best pitcher in baseball. Uh, and to see him right there at the top of your guys' list just makes me feel even better about that. So Amazing. I think it's really interesting. Kyle Gibson's right there. You know, if you take out that first start of the season for Kyle Gibson, he's been absolutely amazing. And he might be on the trade block for um, this trade deadline. Good call. Very good call. Kyle Gibson, I was so invested in him in 2019 and even a little bit in 2020. And he never cashed in. I thought he was worth more. I thought he was capable of more with that sinker and the stuff he had. But going to Texas this year has finally clicked and I, the cutter has been a big new revelation for him which is fantastic so if you had kyle gibson on the free agent wire or you picked him up late in a draft kudos to you my friends you're sitting pretty all right let's take a look at the hitting leaders i wanted to focus on one stat this is plate discipline focused okay so i'm going to update these oh wait i gotta update the pitchers 750 blah 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 there we go update it now plate discipline wise sae so I want to look at the top SAE leaders. And basically what this is, it's a percentage of the expected Wobacon, good old Wobacon, a hitter swung at versus all pitches seen. And 110, the number 110, I know this sounds complicated, but I'm really trying to help you guys here because I think this is useful stuff. 110 means a pitcher swung at pitches, or hitter swung at pitches with an expected Wobacon that was 10% better than all the pitches he saw. It. It's complex, but if you look at the numbers in the top five here, Tyler Stevenson, number one. Okay, well, that's a little surprising. Clint Frazier, that's really surprising. Then number three, Vladdy Guerrero. That's starting to tell you if someone who's really great at plate discipline should be in the top five. Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Soto, and Brandon Belt rounds out the top five. Brandon Belt is always an elite uh, walks guy, OBP guy. He's selective with his pitches. So I thought it was interesting to note that even though Tyler Stevenson and Clayton Frazier haven't had the exact amount of playing time that Vladdy and Juan Soto have had and Brandon Brout, really, they're still in the mix here, and it's an interesting mix. So I'm just wondering if anything stands out. When it comes to plate discipline and OBP leagues, first I want to know, Brock, are you a big OBP league guy when you play in leagues, or are you an average guy? Are you a classic, I guess, is what I'm curious about. Well, I'm an NFBC guy for the most part. I think I have... 
uh, a dozen leagues going this season as far as season long goes. And I think nine of those dozen are on NFBC. Uh, and oh, then okay. three of them are on ESPN. Um, so I, I just, I don't, the ESPN ones are like home leagues with like points and stuff like that. And then of course, NFBC is a batting average league. So I don't have any on-base percentage leagues, but um, I, I I think that if it were up to me, I, I think that NFBC could just migrate over and become an NFBC, uh, excuse me, become an OBP format. Um, I, I think it'd be a little bit, I, I think that they can, you know, resolve the the batting average stuff a little bit there. I think maybe we take a look at resolving the saves thing there. Saves are kind of obnoxious there. I think I prefer on base percentage. And as far as saves, I think I prefer somebody smarter than me come up with a good solution. I don't have one. I just know that I don't like drafting saves. <laughs> and he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's you with saves. You're just watching. You're waving. Hey, see you, saves. Who cares? But it's a good policy, Brock. I'm with you. Yeah. Yep. Because you pay for saves. I find it you're missing out on really, really elite talent and stats in other positions, in my opinion. And saves, a guy like Alex Reyes, for example, he was way down in ADP coming into the season. You could have got Reyes for next to nothing. And he's been... 300? Yeah, yeah 300 at least. He's given you 17-plus saves already, been one of the league leaders in saves. Meanwhile, you paid the same price, or you paid an insane price for Hendricks and Hayter. And Hayter's amazing. I love Hayter. I think the strikeouts and the ratios, depending on the type of league you play in, can actually be worth it. It's all context-based, but generally, I agree. I think we're all, a lot of us seem to agree that, you know, you paying for saves could be a mistake. He has a changeup now. Yeah, I saw that last night. Uh, Sarah Sanchez, shout out to her. Three-time guest on the show, by the way, Sarah Sanchez. It looked awesome, and I was excited. Jaybird says, also an NFBC guy, but I hate when my pitcher walks my batter, and I get only the negative. What do you think of that, Brock? Yeah, that's an I mean, I don't – I have enough leagues going that that I'm not paying that close of attention. I'm just kind of <laughs> checking at the end of the night. Like hopefully the guys that I was high on hit home runs, the guys that I faded didn't hit home runs. I just kind of take a general scope of, of the slate at the end of the night there. But that's kind of an interesting point. I'm sure it's happened to me many times this year. No doubt about it, Jay Bird. That's a good call. Brian K. Rodgman, big. I mean, the, one of the biggest Palazzo supporters ever was. Brian K. Rodgman, love the, you and your son. Love the whole Rodgman family. I do. K. Rodgman says... Reyes is 2020, which I assume means hindsight is 2020 now that we can see what Reyes did for us. But I think I he's 20 for 20 in saves. Oh, shit. Is that what that means? <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. I think both wow. things work, though. It works both ways. Like it, it does. It's one of those double entendre type things. How cool is that? Man, we are so witty and genius on the show. <laughs> on the, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Genius, genius, genius. Oh, Brian agrees. Yes. Hell yes, Brian. Thanks for that. Good call. Reyes is probably going to implode. His walk rate's out of control. We actually covered that on last night's podcast. So if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to Paul and Spencer Crosby talk about it in great detail. All right. Right now in the podcast version, you're hearing Mark Morrison is singing Return of the Man. I ran a tire in her head. I don't know the words that well, but I love to sing along and have my fun too. But on YouTube, no music like that is allowed. So you have to pretend, Brock. But we got some people on the mend here who should be coming back and making an impact in the lineups as well. Brian says maybe good vision too. Okay, great call. Thank you, Brian. 
Nico Horner should be back with the Cubs really any time now. He's been on a rehab assignment since Sunday. I love Nico Horner. Uh, real quickly, Nico Horner, is that a guy that you've targeted, picked up and acquired, been interested in? Or is Patrick Wisdom going to be somehow involved in cutting out some of that playtime that looked to be Horner's earlier in the season? Yeah, I, I think Horner's going to um, be back to reclaim that, that timeshare that he had before Wisdom came along, before uh, Horner got hurt there. I think Yeah, and Horner's so guard the, sucks, right? Yeah, so, so guard sucks. I mean, so I think, you know, Horner, he's been like a, a top prospect in the past and um, really looked like he was kind of putting things together there before he got hurt. So I think they're going to give him a chance there. You know, Patrick Wisdom, I was, I was joking about at the game the other day, and he came up, hit 10 home runs in like two weeks or whatever. They quit throwing him fastballs. He quit hitting home runs. That was kind of the end of it. He he did hit a home run like on Monday He's or hit, whatever. It was like yeah, he hit one, one on Monday and hit one last Thursday. So he hit two in his last five. So it's not a total yeah. fall from grace. But I see two, your point. two pitchers that didn't that didn't get to look at the book on him. Don't throw him a fastball. <laughs> just, just, they just those two guys missed it. Nobody else missed it. Um, so he hit home runs off them. I, I think you know Horner's back. I think you know Wisdom was fun, but I think it was a flash in the pan. Uh, well, then you make me feel better about dropping him in the tag team league I run with Eric Cross. That makes me feel better. Thank you. Because I felt bad because we were starting Garrett Hampson all of a sudden, who wasn't playing anymore. But last two days, Garrett Hampson's been on a fucking tear, which is just, it's classic Rockies. It's Rockies at its finest. Isn't not. Yeah. The Rockies are obnoxious. Yeah. Coors. But hey, who doesn't love a good Coors, right? Uh, we also have... Michael Kopech returned from the IL today. Michael Kopech, which is good news. White Sox, starter, reliever, probably reliever, I figure, even though he still will be a starter someday. But that's a nice arm to have if he's healthy. The White Sox could use that. But the White Sox could use more offense as well. Michael Pineda is getting closer to returning for the Twins. Probably next week he'll be back if you're looking for a starter who maybe the Twins would like to trade because they're out of it, you know. Maybe they'll try to pump him up so they can move him at the deadline, which would be good news for anybody who's interested in using Michael Pineda for wins, strikeouts. Uh, are you a Pineda fan or? Yeah, I know Pineda's he's solid. I have him on a couple DCs. Uh, if if we're talking leagues with like Fab and stuff like that, like hopefully you don't need Michael Pineda. Like that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really bad sign. But if it he's comes fine. to that. He's he's fine. You know what you're going to get with him. He's not going to blow up. He's not going to win your league. <laughs> ah! Sounds ominous. Jesus. David Dahl should be back for the Rangers anytime. And Willie Calhoun broke his forearm. So that should be good news. David Dahl should play. Although Eli White has been getting a lot of playing time, but there's still other positions available Guys you've never heard of, like Jason Martin, have been playing outfield. So I expect Dahl to come back and get an opportunity to play. Will he produce? I don't know. Maybe it was a flash of the pan. Maybe it was just Coors, which, you know, that happens to a lot of people. Coors. Coors is a thing. Gene Segura's uh, going to be back tonight. Either he came back tonight, I'll have to double check, but he's back on the scene, ready to go. And Stephen Brault, now I know Brock's excited about this. Stephen Brault of the Pittsburgh Pirates threw a simulated game recently, and he's slowly, slowly getting closer to returning to action. Stephen Brault. We both own him in a couple of different DCs. Uh, the injury, you can't predict it. Shit happens, right? But he's a pitcher that can provide you with some cheap value. Yeah. Uh, so just double check real quick. Gene Segura back in that lineup, one for three with an RBI tonight. So he's back in there. Steven Brault, somebody that, like you mentioned, drafted in a couple DCs. Happy to have him back. Those DCs, those those are tough, man. There's a lot of injuries <laughs> uh, going on early there. Um, I relied a lot on uh, JB, uh, JT uh, Brubaker. 
Um, he's been great oh, for the Pirates there, and been amazing. maybe maybe they'll have two decent pitchers at some point here there in uh, Pittsburgh. So kind of excited. Easy, yeah. easy so, now, Brock. Well, easy, well, slow down, dude. Get ahead of myself, excited. but the Pirates are gonna <laughs> blow their load too early. Come on now. Uh, and then uh, Bumgarner's getting closer to returning as well, Mister Bumgarner of the Diamondbacks. Before he left and got hurt, the Diamondbacks were actually like a relevant team. Uh, since he's been gone, they've since Bumgarner's been gone. That's so dumb. Kelly Clarkson style. Bumgarner will likely now have to be a trade target because that team's in the shitter, big time in the shitter. They set the all-time record for most consecutive road losses. Brock, they're a fucking joke. But what's not a joke, Brock, is Ryan Weathers is coming back up, and I want to give a big shout out to I believe was this Ryan or Star Platinum on the Sunday evening Fab Show that we do every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on our YouTube channel. Sub, sub, sub. Hit the dingy button. One of you guys called it out that Lamette looked like shit and picking up weathers on the fab run this past Sunday would be a great idea. And it was because he's starting tomorrow. He's coming back up for the Padres. It's fucking fantastic. So kudos to our audience and our community. Well done. Yeah, that's a good play. Saved you, you some like money there. Yeah, yeah, big time, because it's going to be much cheaper this weekend. I picked him up in two leagues, so I definitely owe somebody a beer or whatever you guys drink out there. If we could find out who that was, I, we do have the video. I'm sure I can go dig it out, but I thought it was Ryan or Star Platinum brought that up. Bottom line, though, uh, Ryan Weathers, limited innings potential because he's young and he hasn't pitched a lot. Do you like Ryan Weathers, though, as somebody as a streamer, or is he someone you could really hold on your roster for rest of season? Because I, I would have worries about that. I think that there's, I think that there's definitely leagues deep enough where you're going to want to roster uh, Weathers. I, I think he's solid. I think the strikeout potential is good and stuff. I, I just, I don't know about the volume. I mean, he's been hurt for a while, um, so I, I think that's going to help him uh, finish out the season. But uh, I think something that you know a couple of people have been mentioning on Twitter lately is uh, limiting the innings pitch for some of these younger pitchers, and you know maybe that's not going to be a thing where for Weathers. Maybe that injury was time just uh just right for him um that he's going to be able to just you know be off the leash and go for it in the second half there but we have a couple pitchers we're going to talk about later and i think that pitch um the uh the innings limit is is really going to be a thing for them uh okay yeah I, by the way i don't know if was he injured or they just sent him down did he get injured and then they sent him down because i feel like they were like Lamette was getting healthy and then they pulled the plug and said, you know, Weathers, you've been great, but you got to go, which was disappointing to a lot of people who were expecting a lot more. It's a minor detail, but I just wanted to double check that because it, we call our own shots here. We keep it real. We never lie to you guys. We want to have total clarity, transparency, and honesty on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. We're here with Brock Miller. Brock is part of FTN. Make sure you're following FTN on Twitter and follow Brock Ness Monster. Brock Ness Monster. A great fucking Twitter handle. It's one of the best Twitter handles. It just flows off the tongue. Really well done, Brock. I want to salute you the because you have you have some kind of mystery to you. Because like when I didn't know who you are at all, I'm like, who is this guy? Brock Ness Monster? And when you don't know somebody initially, you could make up a lot of stuff in your head. And <laughs> It's cool. I think you got something going for you. You got a mystique, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely uh, Brock Ness Monster. I, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Travis Wade. Uh, he came up with that nickname. He gave me that nickname um, be, because on Friday, <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights, I kind of turned uh, into a monster uh, pretty much every <laughs> single weekend. 
and that's where that name came from. And then I like, you know, made an Instagram or, you know, whatever. Stupid story. But yeah. <laughs> so stupid. That's great. Good stuff. All right. Well, now it's part of the show. We're going to get to know Brock a little bit more. He just gave us a teaser. It's time to do the Inquisition. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> right off the bat, that was Rotogut, by the way. Vlad Sedler talking about the 88 Dodgers. Do you take the 88 Dodgers or the championship team last year? Because you are a Dodgers fan, so it's a perfect question. Yeah, well, honestly, uh, in 1988, I was only four years old. Um, so I think my dad was probably watching that World Series on TV. Um, and I was probably not paying a whole lot of uh, attention there. Of course, we, we all know what happened in 1988, super exciting and stuff like that. But um, watching that World Series last year, uh, it, it was a big deal to me. I, I don't know. You know, I I don't really like to like complain about last year because in the grand scheme of things, um, life was pretty easy for me last year and life was really hard for a lot of people there. Um, but it, nonetheless, it was a tough year for every year, for, for everyone. Um, and it, at the very least, just kind of at the end there, um, getting to see my team pull together and um, put it all together and, and win a world championship there. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to refer to the last season's uh, World Series, you know, put an asterisk next to it or, or whatever. But, you know, I always point to like, you know, preseason last year, um, the six, you know, the, the six favorites in the preseason um, from Vegas odds. Those are the teams that were there. At, at the end of the playoffs, um, the playoffs were actually longer than they than they normally are. There was an extra round at the start of the playoffs there. True. You know, winning the World Series last year, I, I think if it showed us anything last year, it showed us that the regular season is maybe just a little bit longer than it needs to be um, because we found out who the best teams were. They played the tournament, and the Dodgers won it. Well said, my friend. Well said. By the way, there's a connection there. You were four. And I was also four when the Tigers won the World Series in 84. We were both four the last time our teams won a title, which is interesting. And Kirk Gibson was on both of those teams. <laughs> <right>. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty neat. I love little shit like that. It's fun. The world is all connected if you think about it. It's a fascinating universe out there. All right. Musical acts. Come on. Now, you mentioned Warp Tour at the top of the show, and I really want to dig into that more because I have been to the Warp Tour many times. In fact, when the Warp Tour was the shit, really in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, that's when I had the best time at Warp Tour. Always a hot parking lot, a terrible, terrible surface place for some reason, at least in Michigan. I also went to the Warp Tour, by the way, this is for Jasper, in Indiana. Believe it or not, it was an outdoor place, like a Part pavilion, part outdoor free-for-all in 2004. So, Warp Tour, what's the story there? And what are some of your favorite artists? Um, well, that, that, that second one could take a while. But um, so Warp Tour, it was uh, basically it was just um, some friends of mine were, were in a band and they were going on Warp Tour as a barnacle band. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with barnacle bands. Some people might not no. be. So Barnacle Band is a band that follows around the tour and, and they, they, they try to get in. They try to 
um, try to fill in spots, try to play a show. They rarely do get to even play, but they'll at least, you know, follow along with the tour and be able yeah. to set up and sell merch inside and play the songs for people, try to, um, you know, uh, just just basically trying to sell the band to people um, on, on the road there. Um, so that's a Barnacle band. They're not actually performing on the thing. So, um, yeah, they, they needed somebody to go. And it was, you know, it was 2010. The economy had just taken a dump in the industry that I was in. I really didn't have a whole lot of work to do. So I said, screw it. I went with them and we jumped in a, um, a little bus, like one of those little short uh, transit buses or, or whatever. We, we painted it up like the ship, like the Guppy ship. It was named <laughs> the Guppy ship. The band was named Me and the Captain. Um, yes. They, they were in, in costume every single day. Um, actually kind of a fun story, that whole EP and all of that, the ship was all a part of it. And dude, we just did 55 miles an hour across the entire country for a summer. Yeah. Oh, dude, that sounds so awesome. Yeah. That's the kind of shit I love to hear about. See, we would never know that. We would never know that on the show. And now we've learned that about you. By the way, there is this, look at this, me and the captain. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. That is a great little dude they got there. Uh, here it is. This is a... Is being the captain what, what, go, go to uh make it happen or something one of the older songs i don't know they come up with a bunch of covers the last couple years yeah this is called make it happen by me and the captain you're listening live to blossom podcast it's 10 after the hour we'll be back after this oh yeah i'm into this i know uh i know yancey Shout out to Ryan, Ryan Venacio would love this shit. I know he would. He's a, you know, Ryan, by the way, uh, we were just, we were just talking about a band. Um, he was passing somebody along for me to check out earlier today, actually. Nice. Okay. So you definitely know Ryan's going to be on the show in July, by the way. So you guys stay tuned for that. He's a great drummer. He's in a real band and the guy just knows music really well. I've learned a lot from him. And I respect the hell out of him because he's a drummer who knows what the fuck he's doing. And he's in uh, it's With Sales Ahead is his band. So check out With Sales Ahead. And also, is the captain uh, are the captain still doing their thing or what's going on there? I don't think so. Um, they, <laughs> they actually, for the most part, right after that uh, after that trip, they basically broke up, uh, broke up and the, the captain was still doing some stuff. The, the captain was still making songs and everything. They're kind of linked in. I, I used to work for a band called Static Lullaby. I don't know if you remember that band. Yeah, I've um, heard the Dan name for sure. They, they did that Brit, the um, Britney Spears cover that was like made the Pop Goes Punk albums like got popular from oh. that one there. Yeah, yeah they, Punk Goes um, Pop, Punk Goes Acoustic, all those bands. I've heard right. all those. Yeah, yeah the, the one that really made it pop off was when they covered Britney Spears. That was like the big one that, that kind of set that franchise off. But um, yeah, I don't know. They, they kind of broke up after that. It was kind of like the captain just kind of working with those guys like, you know, by himself. <laughs> there wasn't much of a band anymore. And um, so that was that was 2010. I'll tell you this. You don't have to name all your favorite artists, but give us an idea of the type of artists, bands that have really defined your life. Like, because you clearly have a passion for music, it's obvious. So, give me a couple here. That's what we try to do. This question is near and dear to my heart. This is something. Um, uh, yeah, music is is uh, one of my passions. I, you know, I don't work in the industry anymore or anything like that. Um, but I, I definitely keep up with it. I definitely, when there's a new band that comes out, you know, I, I know about them right away. I'm 
anytime a new album comes out, I, I make sure I check out the new albums, all the bands and stuff. I'm, I'm still kind of connected in that way. And um, so I, I think I want to put out a couple bands um, that that I like that kind of show how diverse uh, my, my music little tastes are. You know, I don't okay. just like listen to heavy music. I, I love a lot of he- heavy music and stuff like that. You know, like uh, Thy, Thy Art is Murder. There's a bunch of really good like death metal bands, super heavy stuff there. But I listen to a lot of other like weird stuff. A lot of um, nine on the tension scale, Rob. <laughs> So I've uh, last couple of years I've been listening to um, I think people call it Red Dirt Country. Um, so it's kind of like it, it sounds like traditional country music, um, but it, but it's like really modern though. Um, so there's there's a lot of good art in that. Um, there's a, a few guys there, um, super weird guy that that I really like that that's great. His name's Orville Peck. Um, Orville Peck, that's a great name by the way. Orville Peck, it's a great name. It's a great uh, great singer. He does some country, super weird, off the wall shit there, um, huh. but uh, definitely. So you like I, a, you get into country, so like, kind of like alt country shit, like rock country. Uh, no, no, it's just it's uh, like the only like distinction that I really want to give it is it's not like the um, pop music country that they play on TV and stuff. It's yeah, not like Rascal like, Flatts radio, and shit uh, like that. Yeah, not yeah, no, 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 that. Um, I had a terrible experience to a Rascal Flatts DVD one time. It was the worst night of my life. Trust me. I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it sounds bad. No, it was. Um, I mean, so definitely, if you guys are looking for a musical, um, Rex. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm full of them. Um, you know, some of my favorite artists. Um, I, another one I want to throw out there. My favorite artist of like the last 10 years um, would probably have to be a band called Let Live. Um, they really, they, they came out with an album called Fake History in phew, 2012, I, something like that. And that just changed everything for me. That, that, that changed everything I, I thought music could be. Um, that was an amazing album. Amazing time in, in my life, to be honest. Um, Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Let Live, Orville Peck. Um, God, this is like, like I'm so, like, I feel like the spotlight's like shining on me. I'm like, I have like 50 favorite bands and I can't think of the name of one of them. Like, yeah. And you want me to change? Fuck you! <laughs> and Black Bear. Yeah, I like Black Bear. Black Bear? Yeah. What, about, uh, what about SoCal Skate Punk from the 90s and shit? You into that stuff at all? We've got a lot of that out here. Um, actually, when I worked at a music video venue um, uh, here in Southern California, we had a lot of that come through. So um, definitely, definitely all of that. Yeah. At, yeah I grew uh, up in that stuff, like you know, lag wagon strung out, no effects, bad religion, all that stuff. Yeah. That was out in the suburbs of this area, Michigan, that I grew up part suburbs, part Detroit. Uh, that was huge for us in like 1996 Warp Tour. That was the first Warp Tour I ever went to. Was 96, and all those bands, Bouncing Souls, a lot of East Coast stuff too. So. I love all that stuff, and uh, you know, it's still a part of me. I don't listen to it as much as I did when I was younger, but I still have a tremendous amount of respect for you know, punk rock, skating, and ethos of all that stuff. Kind of lines up with my overall point of view. I mean, it was a time and a place, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think we're on the same page. That's some good stuff. I'm gonna check out all that because everything you described was new to me. I wasn't really familiar with any of that, and I like to think I have a pretty healthy palate. A wide range of music selectivity so i'm gonna check it out and i hope you guys are writing it down or you can go back and rewind this and listen hit to me up on talk. twitter hit me up on twitter oh yeah real you a life. Couple links. i can send you if you want youtube links if you want spotify links i love that shit you know people like uh you know they they, they talk about their love language like that's mine you know sharing music that's my love language 
Yes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yes, please hit up Brock. Child, please. No, I'm serious. You're going to do it. Everybody should do it. I'm going to talk to you more about music, too, in our free time. I'm, I didn't realize that you were so uh, passionate about music. That's why we do the show. I'm learning about you. That's why we're in Enrico's Inquisition right now on the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Would you rather be stabbed or arrested? Well, I've been arrested and that that sucked and stuff, but like, I don't know, like <laughs> everything was normal the next day. And if you're stabbed, things are not normal the next day. Yeah, uh, arrested. Jail sucks, but I mean, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, good. Yeah, it could always be worse. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, between these three pitches, which is your favorite? Change up the curveball or the slider. Just the pitch itself. You have a preference. Yeah, probably the changeup. Uh, you know, the, the slider's been like the sexy strikeout pitch for the last few years, but we've seen a real resurgence with the changeup over the last couple of years. Some real um, awesome changeup artists out there. So I'm going to go changeup. Nice. That's a great call. Is there a pitcher that you recall that had a nasty changeup or you just loved watching him throw that changeup? Mm, no. Nope. Nope. All of them. <laughs> All of That's honesty. You know, Thank you. I mean, you know, Pablo, uh, the, the the Marlins, those guys throw good changeups out there. I mean, there's there's a lot of good changeups out there. Um, I I just like I, I like to be a little bit of a contrarian. That's like the DFS player in me, and I feel mm. like the chalk answer is the slider. Um, so that that was part of it too. It just I got to go changeup then. Actually, the chalk answer is the curveball. If you want to know, the most responses we've had is probably the curve with slider second and changeup third. So he definitely went full contrarian with changeup, but curveball gets the most responses. Interesting. And we get Barry Zito mentioned many times for some reason. So. Yeah, Barry Zito, you know, Kershaw. Kershaw's kind of, yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know the, how deep we need to go into this. I feel like Kershaw's reinvented his curveball a little bit because he throws it at the top of the zone now and he used to throw it he used to like tunnel, tunnel it with like a low fastball, and now it, it seems like he doesn't. He's trying to like backdoor it in the top of the zone there. A little bit different. I was just, I was there at the game on Sunday. I was sitting there watching him pitch, and I'm, I'm watching him. I'm like, he's not missing high. He's throwing that pitch high. Why would he want to do that? I don't, you know, he, he, I think he's trying to like steal a strike. I think he's trying to just, you know, backdoor it, you know, catch the mm. top of the zone. He doesn't want to swing. You know, back in the day, you know, when he was 24 years old, He'd throw that thing, it's coming barreling right down to the middle of the zone, and then it'd just disappear on him. He's trying to get a swing and a miss. I don't know if he's yeah. trying to get the swing and a miss with it anymore. You know, people don't mention this either. Verlander never gets mentioned, but he had a great curveball in his career, and no one's ever said that on the show. I just want to give Justin Verlander the shout-out. He deserves respect for it. He's got a lot of pitches that he threw really well, has thrown well, and will continue to hopefully throw well. But that curveball's great, so wanted to get that on the record. Brock, this is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe. So, Russell Crowe's Master Commander. Have you ever seen that film? Who? What? I, I, Will Crowe? <laughs> Not a good pitcher. I pitches for the Pirates. I, I know that the Pirates are hoping that they're getting something out of Will Crowe here, but uh, we haven't seen it from him yet. No, we, never, we never heard anybody say Will Crowe, but... <laughs> Russell Crowe turns into Will Crowe. This is a new moment for the Blotso podcast. I wish Deary was here to experience it. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, uh, so you've definitely never seen Master and Commander. <laughs> so so Russell Crowe is an actor, right? He's an he actor. Is. But no, I, I, I've seen like 13 movies in my whole life. Wow. Only the well, good that ones. Means, Super Troopers, Old School, yes. 
Yeah. Orange County. Oh, my all-time favorite, Encino Man. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. There you go. Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore was funny. Russell Crowe, Will Crowe. Uh. <laughs> so you've never seen that. And then you've have you ever seen Survivor, the television show? No. Hmm, good for you. Well, yeah. I love the fact that you've never seen any of that. However, Master Commander's a decent movie. It's kind of boring, though. And based on the entries you've just shared, you might not like it. Uh, I will tell you this. Survivor's a show I never watched. I never have. I never got it. And it's a shout-out to Doug Ishikawa as the battle continues on Survivor versus Master and Commander. Moot point for this show because Brock's never seen him, so we didn't even have to ask that question, but we do ask it. But, but I know Doug. I know Doug. Yeah, Doug's SP great. Screamer, Doug. Doug is an incredible dude. I love talking to Doug. Uh, he's a sweet man. Good host, too. He's got a great voice. Everybody knows this. I haven't said it in a while, so in case no one's heard this, let's get it back on the record. Also, speaking of SP Streamer, he's looking for a host. Not to replace Doug. Doug is still going to be part of SP Streamer stuff. He's doing more daily stuff for the SP Streamer brand. But uh, Michael Simeone is looking for a host. So if any of you guys want to take a stab at it, want to reach out to Michael, hit him up on Twitter at SP Streamer. Take that chance. Take a step in a new direction. See where it takes you. Why not? Fuck it. All right, we're in Enrico's Inquisition here live with Brock Miller, FTN, and Brock this Monster on Twitter. Brock, uh, you know, I, I broached this with you earlier, and, you know, I talk a lot about my uh, my sobriety, if you will. I don't like to call it that, whatever. I, I I was hooked to opioids, and it fucked up my life, and I let it ruin my life, and I lost everything I had. I lost my teaching job. I lost all the respect and trust I had with all my loved ones and friends. It was all gone. But now here we are, over three and a half years later, and things are... As good as they've ever been. So you can always bounce back. Never too late. It's never over. There is a rock bottom, and then there's also an endless bottom. So in case you people want to know that, that's what goes down. But, you know, you alluded to something about your own experiences. I'd be curious if you'd like to share a little bit about uh, your experiences in that world. Um, I mean, first thing that, that I want to respond to, like just um, what you're saying right now, um, I, you know, I, I see you on Twitter. Um, every day I, I see your videos and stuff like that. And I, I see your demeanor. I see the smile on your face. And um, I, I think that kind of goes to show this is like, you know, something that I've been taking through the last few years of, of my life um, that no matter what happens, no matter how bad things get, how how impossible a situation seems, um, you know, there there's always a way to take one of those negative things and and find a way to turn it into a positive thing you know i, I i'm sure you probably hit a point where you know you you know i don't know any of this story or anything like that so i don't want to point to it too much because i don't know it, but you know like where, where you lost your job where you, you know you're i'm sure you're sitting there at some point like now what the fuck i'm gonna do you know and yes and, and here you are now like i you, you might not have your teaching job back or anything like that but i see that smile on twitter every day um think things are going well for you um i i, I like that reminder um, you know, because sometimes I, I forget that. You know, I've I feel like I've had to learn that lesson over and over a, a few times, but uh, it always um, always rears its head. So yeah, my story, um, like I said, Brock Ness Monster, that was not my doing. I did not come up with that. I was just kind of a asshole monster every single weekend. Um, and you know, I, I don't know how much I really want to talk about that. Sometimes kind of bums me out there. Um, but you know, my my twenties. Um, we're not super productive, man. I, I was kind of a party monster. I, I drank a lot. Um, I, 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 I got high. I, I did blow. I just, 
I kind of wasted every single weekend. And, um, you know, I, I finally, I, I hit a point like late in twenties or I might've been like almost 30, somewhere in that range where um, I really, I was just sick of what I was doing. I was like, what am I going to do this weekend? And, and it dawned on me, I'm going to do the exact same thing I did last weekend and the weekend before and the weekend before. And the weekend, and it like it, it hit me. I was like thirty. I was like twenty nine years old. I was like thirty nine years. I'm gonna do the same thing I've done every weekend for how many years now? It's the same shit. And it was kind of bugging me. And so I decided that I would take a break. I would just take a break from drinking. No drinks. Let's do this for like. Let's see if we could do a month. We just won't drink for a month just to see what happens here, you know. Um, and like, fuck, dude. Like eight days later, I knew I would never drink again. Like I made it eight really? days, but in like eight days, all this shit that would like, you know, like I get to work on Monday and I'm like driving to work on Monday morning and it's like dragging in the back of my mind. Oh, I was going to clean up the yard. I needed to do, oh, that, that fence is still broken. Within like eight days, everything I ever wanted to do at my house, it was all done. Like my house looked great. I did all the, all the chores that I needed to do, all the, all the things. I, I mean, it just, it, everything changed. Like. Huh. I, w I was worried. I was like, well, if you're not going to go out to the bar and meet up with your buddies every weekend, what the hell are you going to do? And like yeah. eight days in, I was like, I was busier and shit. I had tons of things I could do. I did that. I um, I, I started watching a lot more baseball. Um, you know, before that, I was uh, mostly just kind of watched the Dodger game like five nights a week. I mean, I watched a lot of baseball, but only the Dodgers, you know, and um, this, it was like, you know, like, oh, let's check out these other teams, you know, kind of dig into this. I'd always played, um, you know, fantasy baseball, you know, I've been playing fantasy baseball that whole time. Um, but it was, you know, try to take that a little bit more seriously, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, within, I mean, it was not long. Um, and I, I knew I wasn't drinking anymore. And you know what, um, since, since then, since I made that decision, it's been like five and a half years now. Um, and literally every aspect of my life is, has improved. Um, I've gotten a lot better at, at fantasy baseball. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, yeah. But like I, I dove into fitness. I'm like, you know, CrossFit coach now, certified CrossFit coach. I don't, I don't really coach right now. I'm, I'm at a new gym right now. But um, yeah, I, I run marathons. I run ultra marathons. Um, wow. I show up to work on time all the well, now. I don't have to, it's a pandemic, so you don't have to show up and work on on time anymore. But um, yeah, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things changed for me. That's fantastic, man. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I really liked how you laid that out. You give people, you give people hope and inspiration for people who need to hear that, and it's not necessarily a track of hey i went to this group and i started talking and stuff you, it sounds like you just kind of started looking inward and it just changed which is kind of unique frankly it's it's not always that easy or that common for the behaviors to change like that it really isn't so you should give yourself a big old pat on the back i'll give you one i'll give you a bunch of them i think that's a tremendously inspiring it really is and i commend you for talking about it and being open with us it means a lot to me and i don't short sell it i i am being dead ass serious you know it, it it's one of those things that doesn't work for everybody um but right. there's there's a way to do it you know if you think it might be something that's that's right for you you're probably right <laughs> first of all you're probably right <laughs> if you think like, oh, this is kind of creating a problem for me. I, I think my, my life can stand to improve and, and this might do it. You're probably yeah. right. Um, and it, it's not going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be easy. It's not, you know, there's there's a lot of things to replace. There's a lot of um, a lot of things need to change. You know, you have to change your 
your lifestyle. You know, it, it isn't doing all the same things you did before, just not having a beer in your hand while you're doing it. Um, but there, there's you a way to do it. You change a lot of things. Sounds there's, like. there's a way to do it. You know, instead of going to that bar, I, I went to the gym to that bar. You know, like I, I, I made some changes there. And, um, you know, big thing for me was you, you got to listen to yourself. Like, like when you wake up on Saturday morning and it's only like 730 or something like that, you know, you didn't sleep till two in the afternoon. Like you don't have to go out in the front yard and shut off the car because it's still running from the night before when you drove home fucked up. Like you, you wake up and you kind of like, I kind of feel okay. Like, you know, and, and you, and you go, you and that's another thing. This was great. As soon as I did that, I was like, dude, the weekend feels so long when you're not either like. <laughs> We, you know, you black out Friday and Saturday night, so you don't remember those six-hour blocks. And Poof. then the rest of it, you're sleeping. I mean, by the time you get to Monday, yeah, the 24, 48 hours just happened, and I don't remember any of it because I was either fucked up or sleeping. If you're sober, then all of a sudden, it's like, man, the weekends are great. By the time I get to Monday, I'm like, yeah, I'll just yes. I'll go to work. I'm cool with that. I'm ready. <laughs> Amazing. That's wild shit, man. That is so cool. I love that kind of stuff. You know, all of our changes and behaviors and inspirations and things that we learn from others and we try to apply to our own lives, they don't all fit into these narrow columns or these shapes that are identifiable from me to you. Brock is Brock. I'm me. Uh, our experiences, some of them may have been the same, but our resolutions and our processes, they can be different and they can still be connected in certain parts. It's a fascinating, fascinating subject. And that's why I'm getting my master's in mental health counseling. I just find it so darn interesting. I want to see how... There is a part of me that wants to see how other people think about these things. I want to help people, but I also am admitting this, that there's a part of my curiosity is like, what are these people thinking? How did they get to the points they got to, to get themselves in situations where they're unhappy or dissatisfied or they feel lost, whatever that feeling may be. And I'm really excited about that kind of stuff. So I'm, I really appreciate you being uh, open and frank with us here on the Plato Pod. It means a lot to me, Brock, and uh, you, are a, you are an above average human being, and I want you to know that. Hey, well, you know, I, I, I do my best. Um, I, I <laughs> do. can say that with 100% certainty. Uh, not something that I was always able to um, be able to say with a straight face in my life. So here I am. That's fantastic, man. So, by the way, so do you like not drink at all or is it like once in a like you just cut it out? No. Uh, yeah. So I haven't had a drink in um, that, you know, five and a half years, whatever that time period is. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I run a lot. I, I spend a lot of time running and my weekends, most of my weekends are kind of away from technology to a certain degree. And, nice. and I try I try to get up in the mountains and really get a break from things and go running. And um, sometimes, man, uh, probably uh, once, once a month, I'll go out for a long run up in the mountains on the weekend and I'll eat like a half of a weed gummy um, and just go <laughs> up there and like get lost up in the mountains and just go run 30 or 40 miles and stuff. And um, so like, I've done that several times, um, but other than that, then um, yeah, um, sober for five and a half years. So I guess technically not sober. I ate a couple, you know, weed gummies over the couple years. Yeah, fuck all that. You know, I, that's fine. You know, weed is a, uh, it's a strange substance in the fact that you know it's becoming more legal. It's legal in California. It's legal here in Michigan too, by the way. Yeah. And it also has more of a natural existence and is created from the earth and i find that it has and we know this for certainty now i believe it has properties that are healing and people have used it uh, for physical ailments 
you know, there's a lot of CBD stuff too, where people use that, which I think is great. And there's also mental ailments there. People find it that it can relax them. And depending on the style, there's a lot of strands, as I'm sure you know. But I, I find it to, uh, I'm very pro-weed. I think it's a useful substance for people if it works for their life. I don't smoke it. You know, it made me crazy. When I was younger, I'd smoke weed and I'd freak out. And I'd, I would, like, always get really excitable. I never, like, fell on my ass frozen to a, a chair. In fact, I've only done a weed edible once, Brock. And it was horrible. I had these thoughts that were so ridiculous. I was watching Seinfeld. Seinfeld, the most, like, I don't know. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's an easygoing show. It's not offensive. It's minimalist. It's just a comedy, right? But I was terrified of Kramer. It was freaking me out. I had to turn it off. It was so weird because I've watched Seinfeld a billion times sober and laugh. But I was looking at Kramer in a whole new way that freaked me out. I had to close my laptop and get the hell out of that room. It was really weird. So, so not for so, me. I'll tell you that. So with, with, with weed, I mean, it, it's kind of like... Um, like if you're like, hey, I want to try drinking again. Like you wouldn't try drinking by um, drinking an entire bottle of tequila in 20 <laughs> minutes, right? Like you'd no, be like, yeah, let's, no. we'll, we'll just have a beer or something, right? And mm -hmm. so like we, you know, the, the weed gummies are kind of like that. So when I say eat a half of a weed gummy, like I mean it, like a half of the gummy. And it's like the, the wheat, you know, five milligrams, like the, the lightest, the easiest ones that they make. It's like a little tiny, tiny little bit because... I'm, I'm the same way. I eat that whole thing. I mean, I'll trip out, lose control, anxiety, all kinds of gnarly shit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if if you find just the right um, dose, and I, I recommend this to everybody, um, eat a half of a weed gummy and go for a hike. Go Just go climb through the mountains for like four hours. It, it's amazing. Um, it is refreshing for your soul. I, I recommend it. Yeah, I miss the mountains so much, man. You, you, you speak know? about it so eloquently and beautifully. I, I had some great hikes and some wonderful time in those Rockies, and I hope to do that again sometime soon. All right, uh, let's close it out here on this segment. For love or money. Rock? Yes? I, I didn't... It Was that a... Was, do we have to answer the question now? That's yeah, a, that's it. Oh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Yes! Both. That's a new one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll let it Easy. slide. I'll take both. Yeah, I'm sure you would. That's the first time anyone said both, I feel like. Uh, there's been very pro-money people on this. And we've had overwhelming responses of love, of course. But. You know, I could have uh, a much more thoughtful response. Um, I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, um, money, I, I just, I'm not, uh, I feel like I'm the opposite of greedy. Um, I, I um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Easy. Beautiful. There it is. Brock Miller. Brock this monster has cleared Enrico's inquisition. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I thought it was really interesting. We learned a few things about Brock beyond baseball, which is always the focus. Musical man, a lot of experience, life lessons. Hit up Brock on Twitter, Brockness Monster. I'm at MJ Govier, G O V is in Victor, I E R. And it's the Plaza Podcast, two L's, two. Utah. Give me two. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All right, we got a couple segments, and then the show's over. It's almost there. Hang tight, folks. Hang tight. You're doing a great job. I'm proud of all of you. You guys have been really, really been a trooper through this show. All right, it's time for Too Many Dicks. That's right. You're probably wondering, what the hell is Too Part Many Dicks? everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> I know. Somewhere Danielle's out there, too and she's dicks. laughing. She's having a great time thinking about Too Many Dicks. Too many it's dicks. real simple. 
We got too many dicks on the dance floor. This is a tribute to the flight of the Concords. Right now, you can hear them. We need to spread dicks. the dicks out a little bit. Create some lady space. Come on, do part, guys. Spread them out. This isn't the river dance anymore. Over there. Now, there's too many dicks on the dance floor. Too many dicks on the dance floor ourselves here, and what we need to do is clear them out, spread them out. Too many dicks on the dance floor. So, I'm gonna give Brock four different dicks to choose from. And he's gonna pick one of them. That's it. And they all are organized based on position. So, I've made it a little easier because it's position oriented. All right, first one up here, Brock. Second base. I'm going to give you the option between Nick Solak of the Texas Rangers, Louis Urias, Luis Urias of the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Rojas of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Ty France of the Seattle Mariners. If you had to clear all these dicks out, who would you keep? First of all, I I, w- I want to just let everybody know this is not an easy choice. None of these are easy. I understand they're all second basemen. The next one, they're all catchers, whatever. These guys are all pretty close, uh, uh, pretty closely ranked. So um, this is not an easy decision here. Looking at this one, first one, Nick Solak, I can kind of cross him off. You know, he had a good uh, first couple weeks of the season. Otherwise, we haven't really seen hardly anything from him. Strikes out too much. He Luis did. I, I will say this real quick. He hit a home run last night, and it, j- it made my night. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. It's the first home yeah. run he's hit in fucking forever. That's it. But did done. he hit it off of uh, James Car- Carprelian from uh, Oakland? That's who uh, Gallo hit two home runs. Uh, he oh, that's a good question. Run? I'll, I'll uh, effort guy? that. Yeah, you continue. I'll, I'll effort that. I want to know that too. Yeah. So, uh, Luis Arias, I, I know he he had two home runs today. Uh, the Brewers scored like 16 runs, I think, off Jake Arrieta, who is awful. I don't think I could do it there. Not enough of any one thing. There's not enough batting average. Not enough home runs there. Um, Josh Rojas, I think, is going to be my pick. So I'm going to skip over real quick and say that I think Ty France is probably the best hitter of the group. Um, I, I really think he is. But team context, um, Seattle's not a good offense there, and. Josh Rojas is actually going to steal a couple bases. He's got some power. He's hitting at the top of Arizona's lineup. Um, the Arizona lineup has been terrible, but they have to be better. It's going to get – it already is really hot in Phoenix. It's really hot there. Um, but when it's hot in Phoenix, the ball really flies there. I, I think that offense is going to perform uh, a lot better just based on that. And he's hitting leadoff. He's leading off against lefties, righties. He's got that shot every day. Ty France is kind of a guy – I know he hits like cleanup against lefties. Is that really happening against Fridays too? I'm I'm not super sure there. So um, France is probably playing every day, but he's a little bit more of a, a platoon guy. I, I think he's going to give you the best batting average out of the group. Um, but Josh Rojas is going to be a nice mix of all the different categories. If you're really after batting average, um, then my answer is going to change to tie France. Okay. Well done. I respect that. Nice job. We spread out the dicks and we removed them all except one. I will say uh, Acevedo was the one that Solek hit the home run off. It was in the ninth inning. Oakland A's reliever, Mr. Acevedo, who uh, I'm not even sure who that is, frankly. I'll be honest yeah. about that. Yeah, he's a new I guy. <laughs> I don't know them all. All right, next one. Too many dicks on the dance floor. What do we got? Outfield dance floor. Yeah. Outfield time. Kyle Tucker. Tommy Pham. Ryan Reynolds of the Pirates. Adolis Garcia, the buzzy, buzzy, buzzy of all players. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. Tucker, Fam, Reynolds, or Garcia? Who stays? Okay, everybody thinks I'm going to pick uh, Kyle Tucker because he was like, whatever, he was 
drafted what is seventh round sixth round he was oh up yeah there well, he was like 30 his adp skyrocketed there, oh he so. was in the 30s 30s and 40s he was crazy yeah 30s and 40s for kyle tucker um so kind of like third round guy there everybody's gonna think i'm gonna pick him tommy fam was like 120th overall range 150th maybe even brian reynolds way in the back i mean what he was he even top 200 i don't think he was and of he course adolis, yeah. adolis garcia I don't Nobody is even drafting him. So uh, Adolis Garcia, of course, everybody knows, showed up on the scene, lit it all on fire. He's got like 20 home runs. He did most of that damage in like a one-month period there, completely on fire. Then he completely disappeared. Didn't do anything for three weeks at a time there. I think he only had two doubles in a time period. Completely disappeared. But this is why I'm going to pick Adolis Garcia. He's adjusted back to the league. He's hitting again. The mm-hmm. Adjusted to him. He went through a couple weeks stretch there and he's adjusted back to the league already. He's been hitting well recently. He can run a little bit there. Um, he hits third. Kyle Tucker, of course, is hitting the best offense in baseball and, and he's got great tools and stuff. He's only stolen five bases. The stolen bases are a little bit low there. I mean, I, I, I like Kyle Tucker on any other team. Kyle Tucker's probably hitting second or third, right? I mean, he's really good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Adolis Garcia, I think that's a sign of a good hitter. When he adjusts back to the league this quickly, I think it's a sign of a, a of a real hitter. I think a lot of people thought Garcia was a flash in the pan. I definitely did, and and I've been proven wrong. He's kind of been back. Um, I want to give a shout out to Tommy Pham. Uh, he's been legit, and now he's the Padres. The Padres have been um, a, a good offense this season. They haven't been the juggernaut that they were last year. I think at some point, and I think probably like right now, the Padres are going to be that juggernaut once again, and Tommy Pham is leading off on. I just really like all four of these guys. Can I say? Can that be it? Let's keep all the dicks. We're not getting. (laughs) We got too many, but if you want to keep them all, hey, why not? I mean, those are four players that definitely have value. Reynolds' batting average has been real nice, but he's also hit a healthy amount of home runs too. So, I get it. The Tommy Pham, who I usually think is always overrated, has actually kind of held his own. Everything you described here makes that almost an impossible choice. It really does. And I'll let that slide because that is really, really difficult. But why don't we move to catcher? I hope this will be a little easier. Get these catcher dicks on the dance floor. we got to spread them out, get them out of here, and we got to get one person remaining. Is it Omar Narvaez of the Brewers? Tyler Stevenson, who we mentioned earlier in the show, from the Reds. James McCann, not Brian McCann, James McCann of the Mets. And Max Stasi of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Stasi McCann, Stevenson, Narvaez. Who stays? Well, I, I really like that at different points in this season, each one of these guys have been kind of a sexy pick here. Um, Max Stasi came back from the IL, kind of lit the world on fire for a week there, and he's basically disappeared since then. I, I like Stasi long term. I think he's he's finally uh, a decent piece that the Angels have that the team has been like so top heavy for so long. But I think Max Sassy is a part of that team. Um, so he's okay. Um, James McCann, I, I I really don't know. I don't think the Mets have like other options or anything there. And they're super committed to him. They just signed him to that four-year deal pr- yep. prior to this season here. So they're definitely committed to McCann. I like that. And I like that offense to be a little bit better than it's been. Tyro Stevenson has legit power. I mean, he he could, you know, if he's going to be playing first base, I mean, he has the power to be a first baseman. Of course, they got Joey Votto there, so that's a, a little bit of a different thing. And he plays in Great American today. Small Park. He plays yeah. in Great American Small Park. It almost doesn't get better than that. Of course. Uh, Omar Nabias. 
Oh, you're saying since he's like Coors? That's hardcore, bro. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, right Coors East. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's no, um, it's no, uh, no Bush either. So. Yeah. Omar Navias, though, is probably going to be my pick here. Um, if you take out last year's bozo season, as you like to call it, um, the guy is just like, he's like an 18, 19% strikeout guy. He, he's probably actually going to hit like 270 and 280. Um, he's not going to kill your batting average. He's hitting some home runs. The Brewers' offense has been really good the last like week or two. Um, they, they have to be better than they were in the first like month of the season there. So I think they're yeah. going to add like Tra- Trevor Story at, at the trade deadline there. I think that Whoa. offense ends up being good, and he's a decent hitter. I really am going to choose Omar Nabias over those other guys, um, but, I, but I do like Tyler Stevenson as well. Yeah, the Brewers have had two double-digit run-scoring affairs over the, the series with the Cubs. You know, they scored 14 the other day, and now they scored 15 today. And Omar Narvaez is involved in that. He's actually been one of the least productive members of all that, but he had two walks today, also had a hit. So I wonder, and I keep asking, why is Narvaez so perpetually undervalued? He's putting up great numbers. The at-bats are slightly below maybe what you'd want. He doesn't play six days a week, but he definitely plays five. So I don't get it. I think that's a great call, Brock. And I'm so glad that you picked Omar Navas here on the Heads Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Brockness Monster, Brock Miller from FTN. I'm Michael Govier, of course. Deary is in his basement. Best of luck, Deary. Let's move to first base here. Nate Lowe of the Texas Rangers, who started stealing bases like a fiend early on in the season, slowed that down a bit. Jesus Aguilar of the Marlins, Anthony Rizzo, ow, my back hurts, or Ryan Mountcastle of the Baltimore Orioles. Mountcastle, Aguilar, Rizzo, or Low? Not Lau, by the way, Low. Yeah, right, because, you know, you got Lau in Tampa Bay. You know, at least he's been <laughs> traded over to Texas now, and, and, and we can make that distinction about them. Um, yeah, on this one, I really like uh, Ryan Mountcastle, who – um, has some of the best quality of contact of any hitter in baseball over like the last three or four weeks or so. He, he's been crushing it there. I really like Mountcastle. I mean, that's a great ballpark for offense and stuff like that. I think those offense yep. in the second half is going to be kind of sneaky good there. So the team context isn't nearly as bad as I think initially you'd think it is. It's probably going to be hitting, you know, fourth or fifth for a pretty decent offense. I like him. But Nate, Nate, Nate Lowe, it's um, kind of the reason why that I drafted Hunter Dozier in so many spots preseason. If I can squeeze out a couple of steals out of a corner guy, that's super valuable. And steals have been pretty hard to come by this season. I think there's a couple of guys that have been soaking up all the steals. You know, you've got the top um, steals of very top heavy category. So if you can yeah. squeeze out an extra couple uh, steals out of a corner infielder, I think that makes Nate Lowe uh, pretty appealing. It just it's going to be a little bit team dependent. I think overall Mountcastle's pretty easy answer as the best hitter of the bunch there. Um, but if you need those steals, I, I couldn't blame anyone for picking Nate Lowe. Okay. Well, that's a different one. I, I don't know if I agree with you there. Two but... optional dicks. Two optional. <laughs> I love Mountcastle, though. Yeah, he had a three homer game over the last two weeks, and he's taken off of the power. He was sucking so bad for about six weeks, but he's He's figured it out. Starting pitching time. Chris Bassett. Taiwan Walker of the Mets. 
Tyler Molly of Great American Small Park fame, or Luis Garcia of the Houston Cheating Astros. Bassett, Walker, Molly, or Luis Garcia. Which dick stays? You know, speaking of that Orioles offense being sneaky good, they kind of they were smashing it on Luis Garcia the first inning of that um, that start tonight with the Astros. So I don't know how that turned out for him. I don't know oh, how, how that turned out for the the DFS really? field. Yeah, I think they had, they were of all teams. I mean, Luis Garcia had been so good this year. Legitimately oh, it's, good. Yeah. Um, I, Not god awful though. Not god awful. Fortunately, he only he gave recovered? up. Uh, he only went four innings, but he gave up four earned. It could have been worse, but yeah, well, that's not great. Not great. Three of them were in the first inning, so he recovered kind of nicely there. So I think Luis Garcia has sneaky been like awesome this year, but he's like thrown a hundred innings in his uh, in a season once in his entire life, and he's already mm-hmm. at like eighty five pitches, I believe, this season somewhere in that range. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. He's probably a handful of starts. He's probably a month and a half away from being at a limit there. So uh, that definitely limits things when you're going to put him up against three guys that are definitely, unless there's an injury, they're going to get to pitch the rest of the season. They're not going to cut it. Yeah, Tyler Molly could get cut off. And I don't know. I don't think they will. But Taiwan Walker, no leash there. Chris Bassett has been one of the better pitchers in baseball. Like, I, yes. you know, I haven't looked at the numbers in the last two weeks, but like as of two weeks ago, Chris Bassett was like third in, in the American League in strikeouts. Third. Amazing. Can you believe that? I mean, and Damn! You know, he's he's done it with a little bit of volume. It's not like he's like out there with a you know 35% strikeout rate like some of those other big strikeout guys are or whatever. But he throws yeah. a lot of innings though. And and the quality innings, he's been like secret good. You know, me and uh, um uh, Alex from Fangraphs, one of my Twitter homies there, and Yancey also, of course, that's been the, the three of us have been like the Bassett like fan group or, or whatever. So I've been on Bassett for a long time and I'm going to stick with him here because I think he's just a really safe bet to have a really good rest of the season. By the way, the uh, Braves scored 20 runs tonight. That's a special night right there in DFS, huh? 20 wow. against the Mets. Yeah, it was against That's Lefty awesome. uh, Peterson. Against David oh, okay. Peterson was a so start glad there. I dropped him. Oof! I mean, Acuna was a good play. I think I he only had one home run though. Only went one for five. Somebody went ape shit. I don't. I'll have to check the box score. But that's a ton of runs. I guess it was Albies. Ozzy Albies probably. I bet Freeman went nuts too. But that's a huge night in DFS, right? If a team scores twenty runs, that's like if you stack the Braves, you're probably going to win. And if you didn't stack the Braves, no money. (laughs) You're right. Ozzy Albies had seven RBIs. Well Ah, done. Seven. Fuck. That's very, very, very good. He also went five for six, scored four runs. So he had a hell of a day. Oh, so like 45 fantasy points. Okay, no big deal. Yeah, ain't no big deal. Uh, you know, just another day for Mr. Albies. Uh, God, that's fantastic. You know, I'm just thinking of my Glarf team right now. Are, uh, are you in the uh, regional? Uh, no, but I did in Barf? preseason. I had mentioned with uh, Jeff Erickson. Um, I can't remember who else I was talking to. We, we need a Southern California one. I think we can call it Scarf. Southern California area, um, whatever the rest <laughs> of that. Come yeah, SoCal Roto League, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Think we, I, I think we should be able to make that happen at some point. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure who's going to spearhead that effort, but, uh, yeah, not in one at this moment. All regions of the country need to be represented. For those of you that don't know, no. the original one was BARF, the Bay Area Roto League with uh, – Eno, you know, just yeah, Eno and Justin Mason, Maddie, all the bunch of guys, super dudes. 
then we expanded the uh guys in the northeast started doing it and then in like the non-northeast like the new york like mid-atlantic is it i don't even fucking know it it's fascinating and we are glarp the great lakes area roto fantasy league this year so there's at least four there's also one in the northwest i believe so we have four regional leagues and as of this week overall i was number one so i was feeling pretty good about that and I also have Alzi Elbies and Luis Urias on my team. So it looks like it's going to be a good day for me. <laughs> so, yay! Sometimes baseball's fun. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, last one here. Final dick. We got to clear these dicks out. Every dick must go. All right. James Karinchak. Karinchak? Karinchak? Emmanuel Classe. Will Smith of the Braves or Taylor Rogers of the Twins. So one of these relief pitchers got to go. Rogers. Of the Twins, Will Smith of the Braves, Class A, or Karen Jack, both of Cleveland. Yeah, so if I got to pick one of these dicks, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going with Rodgers, and I'm going to skip over all the stats. Uh, I'm not going to cite any of the stats here. I'm picking Rodgers because take a look around that Twins bullpen. Who's he up against? You know, Colome, Colome sucks. Um, Hansel Ropeless, <laughs> he's terrible. He gives up home runs, walks. I mean, just not – um, not, not, not a lot of competition there. I think Rogers, um, should probably be the closer for the twins there. And, you know, they've been a horrible team. They're sellers at the deadline. I think, you know, they, they expected to maybe compete for that division. That's definitely not worked out for them there. Um, yeah. so they've got to win a few more games in the second half than they did the first game. So that'll help there. You know, Karinczak and Kose are both decent options and they're in the same bullpen. So that kind of ah. hurts them. I mean, that's good for the Indians that you got two nasty arms back there. And, okay, I lied about the stats. Both those guys strike out like that, 35% of guys. They're huge strikeout guys. Um, Krinchak, tons of walks, of course. And, you know, Will Smith is another guy that's a part of um, a relatively talented bullpen. Not not as good. At, you know, he's not up against a Krinchak or, or a Class A for uh, opportunities there. Will Smith is a good pitcher in his own right there. But there are yeah. some other good options in the back of the Atlanta bullpen. So a little bit of risk there. I think if we've learned anything – this season is that nobody's just going to be the guy. Um, and, and if you're in a bullpen and there's other talented arms there, you're going to mix around a lot of saves there. Um, I, I think if anybody has any kind of a chance at running away with the job, it'd be Rogers just because that rest that bullpen so bad. Yeah. I've stuck with Rogers all year. I still think he's the best pitcher back there. I'm not going to change my mind on that. I think you're a wise man, Brock. And that closes out too many dicks. We had too many dicks on the dance floor. We did the best we could to spread it out, get it down to one. Somebody's going to be the best dick of them all. One that we can ride all the way to a championship victory in September. So that's that final segment. And then we're done with Brockness Monster here live. Me, MJ Govier, and Brock are going to talk about this fascinating article. Now, I call this one The Gunk is Gone. And I actually had a song I wanted to do, but I I just ran out of time. Sometimes, Brock, there's just not enough time in the day. It happens. The songs are so good, though. The songs are so good. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have to tell that to anybody here or, or whatever. Everybody knows, of course. But it does need to be inter- uh, underlined. Um, it's a great part of the show. Always. Thanks, brother. Yeah, they're fun to do. And I actually have a really great idea for this one. Hopefully, I can get it done tomorrow or this weekend. I'm excited about it. But anyways, the gunk is gone. So we've had inspections basically since June 21st is when they said, we're going to start inspecting you nonstop. June 21st. It's now June 30th, technically almost July 1st. And depending on when you're seeing this or hearing this, it could be later. So Matt Williams, my fellow Rota Fanatic pal, 
works at NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, which we discussed earlier in the pod. And he wrote this great article, which I've dropped here in the live stream comments. So if you guys want to check it out, I put the link right there. And it's a great article. He covers all these different pitchers and what they did since the inspection went down. Very detailed. Marcus Stroman, uh, Garrett Cole, Tyler Molly, Taiwan Walker, Chris Bassett, as we just talked about, Walker Bueller. Tons of pitchers covered in this. Really interesting stuff. And his overall conclusion, you can read this article, of course, and I strongly recommend that you do. Matt is a... Matt is so anal retentive because he doesn't miss details. He's a stickler for details. It's very important to him. And I say that the most loving way possible. But his conclusion said this. It is very easy to look at spin rates in a parade of offense and look for someone to blame. That is not only a mistake, but a waste of time. MLB has dropped this bomb in the middle of the season, and it is on the players now to try and deal with the hand they were dealt. And as fantasy managers, it is your job to dig through the data and see what the likely future will look like for these pitchers impacted. For many, this will be a learning curve that they will soon for figure out. And for others, this will be a rocky mountain to climb. That's for you, Brock. That may prove impossible to reach the summit. Ooh, Nelly. So, Brock, we alluded to this earlier. We're now here. There's no more gunk, supposedly. No more spider tech, no more sunscreen, no more bug juice. What is your take on this overall situation and how are you approaching it from a fantasy perspective? That's really what I want to know. You know, so I'm definitely looking at it through the lenses of a DFS player because that's how it's affecting me the most right now. Um, you know, season long, you're just, your your guys are your guys. I, I don't know that we're going to um, release Garrett Cole into fab uh, because it's been raised <laughs> down. I mean, he's just, you draft him, he's on your team, he's going to be there. Um, but as far as DFS goes, I, I'm just going to try to read the field and, and try to pivot. Um, I, I mean, obviously, there's merit to these guys. Less spin rate means less life on these uh, pitches. Those, those are definitely real things. But um, I, I'm, I'm just going to go uh, and try, you know, if the, if the field is going to try and zig, I'm going to try and zag. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what that means as far as DFS goes. I'm sorry if Garrett Cole, I know he's got like an ERA of five over the last three weeks, but if he's going to be like 5% owned in a decent matchup or something like that, great. I'm in. I'm going to roster Garrett Cole. Um, I, I'm basically, I'm not really trying to figure out what's happening with the ball or what's happening with the spin rates. I, I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions. I don't know how it's going to work, um, but, but I am going to try to you know profit off of um, everybody else thinking that they do know what's going to happen with it. So, so far, uh, you know, as far as like my daily research is gone, um, I have been um, leaning a little bit more on. I have been, um, <laughs> I said more on. <laughs> <laughs> I have been leaning a little bit more, uh, pulling up, looking at the Baseball Savant page. I, I pull up, I look at the ex-WOBA over the last few weeks. And, um, and that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at like quality of contact and, you know, if some of those guys, if, if um, they've absolutely, you know, dropped through the floor on, on those numbers um, and but like the uh, results over the last couple of weeks don't kind of reflect that, then that looks like a scenario, something that I can kind of take advantage of there. So I am monitoring a couple other things a little bit more than I had been earlier on in the season there. But for the most part, it, it's just a probability thing here. Um, you know, if, if that's going to change the odds on Garrett Cole, um, uh, a little bit, but the ownership rates in the tournaments is going to reflect 
him losing his right arm, great. We could take advantage of that. Well, fair enough. I respect that. It's it's a challenge. You know, Matt covered so many pictures in this article, and I strongly, strongly recommend that you guys check this article out. It is Matt good. Williams. Yeah. Follow Matt on Twitter, Matt Williams at Matt Williams. It's a uh, Matt with two sevens. Matt Williams. How do I God, I should know this by heart by now, but you can find him on Twitter and he's also verified. So he's a I can't believe Matt's verified now. He's really moved oh. up in the world. When you work for NBC, man, shit changes. You know what I mean? I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose that's a great response. I suppose so. Yeah, at Matt Williams W I seven seven. IAMS. That's the the key right there. It's a great article. That I mean, Tyler Molly was covered, and he talks about each start, the first start, and the second start since the inspection began. Guys like J.A. Happ, uh, guys like Sandy Alcantara, who I'm a big fan of. Sandy Alcantara on Tuesday, June 22nd, he pitched an eight inning, five hit gem against the Cardinals. It was a great outing. Was that the Cardinals outing, or was oh shit? No, he did. Alcantara's been so damn good that he had an eight and a third innings pitch Cardinals outing before. This outing that he pitched on Tuesday, June 22nd. So I love him, but he has stopped using his sinker as much, which is surprising because I thought he would use it more. But uh, I feel like a guy like that, because we had Tony from Open Bar on the show, Open Bar Podcast. Great dude. Tony's such a great mensch of a human being. And yeah. Brock, he said, he said that uh, guys like... Alcantara, these ground ball pitchers, would benefit from this substance being removed from the game because they would re- rely more on the ground ball ability. Uh, do you find any value in something like that? Hmm. Uh, the, I, oh, the other thing too, Brock, I'll mention is uh, there was an article by Rob Arthur, which is on Twitter as well. You should check it out. That said the ball would fly farther now without the substances on it. And he did a bunch of data to support this as well. So if you have the ball flying farther out, Home runs could increase on normal fly balls, becoming home runs, et cetera. Ground ball pitchers could really be pitchers to focus on going forward. That's what I want to kind of frame it in that way. Uh, you know, so so for me, and I was taking a look at this article before uh, we began recording, and it's very impressive article. Um, I mean, there's a lot of information here. There's a ton of information <laughs> There's a ton here. of information, yes. Um, I'm, I'm kind of interested personally in – you know, is there going to be a follow-up uh, to this article in two weeks? I want to kind of see. I I, I think these guys, I think, you know, four-seam um, uh, fastball usage can vary um, by the amounts that it's varying for a lot of these pitchers or the slider usage. I think you can kind of see that based on the matchups. I'd like to think that these, these pitchers are taking a look at their matchups for that day, and maybe they're kind of calibrating um, their pitch usage that day for that offense. There's Definitely some teams that you want to kind of stay away from your fastball if you're facing those teams. And there's definitely teams that you can go a little bit heavier with the fastball. Um, so I, I, I'm really interested to see if there's a follow-up for this article and see if these numbers are going to bear out over the course of maybe four starts as, a, as opposed to two starts. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway. I'm, I'm really interested to see it. Okay. That's really good stuff. Uh, and by the way, I said that he – Alcantara decreased his sinker usage. No, he absolutely increased his sinker usage, and he abandoned the four seamer based on Matt's research. No, no, no heater. Yeah, weird. Yeah, um, which I find I, I kind of like that. Uh, like I said, I'm a big Sandy Alcantara fan, so you don't have to twist my arm. But I was looking at Brady Singer. I believe that he was not covered in the article. So Brady Singer on June 22nd, 
he faced the New York Yankees. And the spin rate on his slider, which is the pitch he used the second most amount, he threw 55 sinkers and 37 sliders in this start. And the max spin rate on the slider was 2479. 2479. Put that number in your head. 2479. Then his next start on June 27th, 2479. Don't forget it. Same deal. Throws the sinker the most, throws the slider the second most. The max spin rate on the slider on the next start was 25.15. So that's higher than the last start, and there's no gunk, which I find interesting. I'm not saying what it means. I'm not alluding to any nefarious deeds going on there either. I just think you start looking around the league, you're going to find things that change one way and then they go in another direction. And I find that to be incredibly interesting, but also possibly incredibly exhausting. <laughs> I, I I think that it's great, though. Um, I, I think that goes right along with um, the herd wants to to just put all their um, put all their their uh, oh, the stupidest fucking figure of speech eggs in a basket. They want to put all their eggs in a basket right away, right? They, they want to Yay. think like, okay, we looked it up. We saw 200 less uh, RPMs on the slider from the last start or whatever. We know what that means. This is what we're going to do about it. Like, and, and it's like you said, like, it's like these these guys that, you know, um, like we were talking about with Adolis Garcia, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're pitching to Adolis Garcia. He starts crushing everything. The book's out on him a little bit. And the, and the pitcher's kind of, oh, okay, we can't pitch this guy a certain way. We can't throw him a fastball. Um, you know, let's, let's throw him some junk and he adjusts back. Like that's what, you know, these are professional athletes. These are professional baseball players. There are 750 in the, in the entire world out of, you know, a million baseball players. I mean, there's the creme de la creme and like the, these guys, you take away the sticky substance and you think, uh, a month later, they haven't found a way to like adjust to that and, and kind of get their stuff back a little bit. So, uh, I, I think that all kind of fits together. I think that's a great narrative, and uh, I, I'd be surprised if we don't see that um, play out over the next couple of weeks to some degree. The Great Spin Rate Panic of 2021! Yes, the Great Spin Rate Panic. And I don't really care about the spin rate so much, but they are indicative of reduced spin, meaning possible you know, gunk value when the spin is up. I, I do see that as a correlation. That's probably not an exaggeration, so... The great spin rate panic of 2021 will continue forth. Keep looking at these pitchers. Read Matt's article, like I said, at Matt Williams on Twitter, NBC Sports Edge. It covers a shitload of pitchers. You probably have several of them on different fantasy rosters. But I do think be cautious. Take your time. Uh, look at different points of view and read hard data. And then also listen to the people that you trust for their opinions. Like us here at the Palazzo Podcast. You know, Kenta Maeda on June 20th, this was the day before inspections were mandatory, I believe. On June 20th, the max spin on his slider, which he threw the most, he throws the slider the most, which is fun, was 27.43, 2,743. And then when he pitched eight days later, which is way too long of a break because he had a bunch of rainouts, not his fault. The spin rate was down to 25.90 max on the slider, which is a significant reduction. And the min was 21.65 with the min, the previous start at 24. So that's a big slippage. I That's, that's pre-gunk and post-gunk. So that's two starts you could look at and be like, boy, was Kenta Maeda one of these guys that really benefited from that? 
I don't know, Brock, but I'd be very concerned about him because he's already sucked so bad this year, too. And you know him from the Dodgers, right? You saw yeah. him pitch for years. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of a fan of Kent tonight. I'm kind of so was I. Like just, That's why I just kept normal <laughs> fanboy, just kind of pulling for him. He was always one of the easiest players to root for in his time here in LA. And when they traded the Dodgers or traded him the Twins, obviously that that trade's worked out. You know, Mookie Betts, and if we ever see the Bruised Door ever again, that's it's worked ah. out for the Dodgers and stuff like that. But I'm always going to be pulling for Kent Maeda. But I feel like you know Kent Maeda was having a really tough time with things well before any of the sticky stuff came along too so that's a fact something to note there um a couple of the guys though that are getting hard hit hardest over like the last three weeks because remember what was it last monday is when they began checking for the sticky substances right but it was like two two weeks before that is when they floated the idea out through the media when when the announcement kind of came out when i feel like you know that's that's when the downturn started for Garrett Cole. The Garrett, you know, the Garrett Cole downturn didn't start last week on Monday. It started <laughs> a couple weeks before that when when Frozen when they announced the thing. Yeah, I, I feel like those those guys kind of got off the sticky stuff a little bit earlier. Um, and and that's when things uh, also changed for Trevor Bauer. Um, Trevor Bauer is another pitcher that obviously I. I don't know if he's definitely in the article there. I didn't look at yeah. his numbers in the article, but everybody I think knows that his spin rate's down. He's changed his pitch mix a little bit in uh, response to that that uh, spin rate being down. Um, I, I know that overall the Dodgers pitchers in particular um, represent the biggest changes in spin rate over the last couple of weeks there. Um, and and it all all the pieces are kind of fitting together there. You know, I don't think uh, anybody's given up nearly as many home runs over the last couple of weeks as Trevor Bauer has, even like Sunday night when he pitched well, he still gave up two home runs in those uh, six innings he, he pitched against the Giants. That and, one is long gone. You know, it's, it's not like an easy matchup or anything like that. The Giants are leading. I think they're leading baseball in home runs, to be honest, uh, at least at the very least the National League. But in anyway, Unreal. anyway, um, Trevor Bauer giving up lots of home runs. I, I, you know, I think there's definitely something to that. But uh, he's yeah, got a I'm, whole another set of problems, too, by the way. So. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't know if we wanted to talk about that or not. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. I, I'm not going to go into the details because it's just a fucking, it's a fucking mess, and it sounds awful. But it's not going to go away. So that is clearly something. You know, this alleged uh, rough sex thing that you know she said, she said thing. And I'm not saying I'm taking a side or anything. I'm just letting you guys know. If for some reason you haven't heard about Trevor Bauer and this developing story, uh, you know that could be a real problem for him and like legal issues. It's it honestly, it's just kind of crazy that he's still in the clubhouse right now. Like, yeah, he, oh, he see, has other matters to deal with. I haven't read, I didn't read the latest article today. I'd only read an initial thing about uh, two days ago. It was more of like a his point of view. So I, I honestly don't know all the details that are updated to this minute. But I, I think from what I heard today from other people, you're probably right about that, Brock. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, yeah, Bauer, who the fuck knows what happens with him. But the point being overall is, yeah, the, all these Dodger spin rates were changing, and that's that's curious. That's very interesting. Even uh, Julio Urias, um, his spin rate's down quite a bit. He's been uh, struggling a little bit there, and he's given up some home runs. Um, he still struck I mean, out, what, 12 guys, though, in that start recently, which is amazing. 12 strikeouts on Saturday, 12 strikeouts. Yeah. But also consider it was against the Cubs that, at that point in time, had a 36% strikeout rate in the seven days leading up. I think projecting a, a lot of strikeouts for the Cubs that weekend, no matter who, I mean, because, you know, even Clayton Kershaw, 13 strikeouts against Kershaw. 
Uh, I, I, a lot of things were kind of, you know, crossing paths at the same time there. So mm-hmm. Urias gave up a couple home runs there. I think he only ended up giving up the, th- the three runs. So it didn't look too bad there, but definitely downgrade. I, I feel like we can downgrade the uh, Dodgers pitchers a little bit there. <laughs> yes, I, I think that's a fair assessment, my friend. By the way, you were right about the Giants, but they are tied technically with the Toronto Blue Jays. 116 home runs for each of those teams. Who saw that? I mean, Toronto leading Nobody. in home runs. Like, okay, yeah, I'll buy sure. that. The Giants. No fucking way. No way. No. The Giants pitching. If you said, yeah, I like their pitching this year, that would have been believable. But to have the most home runs in baseball, Brandon Crawford hitting the amount of home runs he's already hit is insane. It, it is just the most absurd shit. I don't buy it for a minute. It's got to go away eventually. Are you insane? Yes, I guess I am because I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I mean, I'm going to pat myself on the back uh, just because I draft a lot of Brandon Crawford is like my backup kind of shortstop. Just Good for you. He was like the only shortstop that was going that late in the drafts where I don't Who else is going to get 500 at-bats at shortstop position from the Giants? He had like no competition for that job. Yeah. Even if he's not good, like you know, in a draft Champions League, you're at least going to be able to plug him in. At least you're going to be able to not take zeros from shortstop if you draft Brandon. Cro- I mean, he was so late in drafts, and then little did I know, 16, 17 home runs, two months in this, three months in the season. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got on that. Joey Ricotta, what's up, buddy? Joey making it in for the end of the show. Well, that's it. I mean, we again read that article, check it out. It's really interesting. Matt Williams, obviously, very smart guy. If you don't know that, Joey Ricotta, great that you can make it in for last call here with Brockness Monster. Brent Gay Rodgman says Bobby Bradley of Cleveland. Two bobs tonight. A that's double dong for Bobby Bradley. Wow, that's eight total. Maybe some helium. Yeah, he's a. Uh... You know, offense is going to pick up too. That's one thing I'm really confident about. I don't, all this pitching stuff is, there's some mysteries to reveal by sifting through the wreckage. But the offense is going to be big the rest of the season. They did this, you know, with the intent of knowing that, hey, we want to bump the offense up. The batting average is still in the shitter, as far as I know. But uh, I think that'll go up slightly. The home runs will be flying. Kyle Schwarber is already leading this charge. Uh, I think this is uh, something that will play out consistently through the rest of the year. Tell, tell, tell me about Kyle Schwarber, though, real quick. Like, let's talk this through. Like, this is a guy – is this is this a guy that, you know, is a guy that feasted on fastballs in years past, and now the sticky stuff is gone, and the pitches aren't moving nearly as much, and it's, like, it's <laughs> playing up for Kyle Schwarber. Like, his hot streak directly coincided with them announcing that they're going to start checking for sticky substances. Is this, like, just a, a, a benefit for hitters like him? That's that's a big question here. I I think there probably some truth to what you just broke down there, but I think there's a lot of hitters like him. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he's not is he that unusual? Does he stand out in a unique way in terms of his plate discipline, how uh, the pitches he looks at, the type of pitches he likes to hit? Do you? Th- I don't think that he really is. I think he's a pretty typical player or hitter at the very least. As a hitter only. Yeah, well, I think all good hitters have one thing in common. That's they they can all hit a fastball. So I, I think you're right there. Right. So it, 
maybe I have to look more at Schwarber's. Is he laying off more breaking stuff? Uh, is he crushing breaking stuff? I have to look into it further to verify that because I would be curious to know what kind of pitches are the ones that he's taking advantage of right now. And all of that information is available. You can use the data monster as well to check this out because we have great plate discipline stuff that we showed earlier in the show. And you can also use StatCast to mix all that in. But uh, I will be looking into that because I think that's a really great question. Maybe you're really bringing up a clairvoyant point of view here, Brock, that Kyle Schwarber is the key or he's the symbol. He's the representative of this offensive fiesta that's going to continue for the rest of the season. Is he the typical type of hitter? That's what we need to know. I think that's the $64,000 question, if you will. I mean, he's going to go into free agency next year, and I think he's going to be hoping that he can go there and and say um, sticky substances are gone for good. Here I am. <laughs> I think that's like a, a a bargaining point there for uh, Kyle Schwarber maybe. Um I, uh, super random. I watched the telecast earlier today. It was on my, my second monitor at work and Kyle Schwarber has a 647 batting average when the count is 0 and 1. So if you're pitching to Kyle Schwarber, don't throw a first pitch strike. Wow. Super that's... random. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's the kind of stuff I want to hear. Uh, Brian says... This year. Right. This year. Not, not yeah. in the three weeks that he's been hitting like hell. In 2021, a 647 batting average in 0 and 1 counts. I uh, I wonder what is it? Then the gunk just made it legitimate because if he was already think, doing that, I think that just underlies how how much random noise can happen in a two and a half month uh, month um, uh, you know two and a half months an 0 and 1 count. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of an, a lot. It's a lot of 0 and 1 counts. I mean, very it few. <laughs> Very, I mean, however many at-bats he's at, I cut in half, basically. Half of them go 1-0, and half of them go 0-1, essentially, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a decent sample size. That he's got a 650 batting average. I don't know. Man, that's crazy. Brian says, great point, Brock. Timing is spot on. Joey says, he's hitting both, it looks like. So, Joey verifying. Schwarber's hitting breaking balls, fastballs. Everything. And Brian says Washington can get a nice return of the deadline if they're out of it. I well, the thing that. is, they're not. They've, they've been, been out of royal. Well. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. they're only two games out of first now. And the Mets got murdered tonight. So I don't think Scherzer's going anywhere. I don't think Schwarber's right. going anywhere. I think they are going for a playoff run. That's the big one. Yeah. It looked like Scherzer would be um, on the move there. And, and as well, they played lately. I mean, anytime you've got you know Juan Soto and Trey Turner, when you have that kind of top-end talent, you know that, that's the thing with uh, with the playoffs, I don't know how big of a tangent we want to go on here, but you know, in in the playoffs, the elite talent wins. You know, you need the elite talent to win, but to get to the playoffs, you need the depth to be able to get there. You know, the Oakland A's through like the two thousands, right? The Oakland A's would they'd make the playoffs every year, and they'd never make it past the first round, right? They had great depth. They were doing the money ball thing, had great depth that that helps you win sixty percent of your games during the regular season. They'd make the playoffs every year. They'd never go anywhere. They didn't have any top-end talent, you know. And, like, in the early uh, uh, teens, um, the Dodgers were the antithesis of that. They had a little bit of upper-end talent, but they didn't have good depth or whatever. And then they, as soon as they started making that shift, and they're now they're just, like, kind of a complete beast. They've, they've got it all now. But um, that's a big thing. I think, you know, if the Nationals can find a way to do what they did two years ago and sneak into the playoffs, they've got that upper – uh, that high-end talent to win in, in the playoffs. And, you know, another team that's like that, this year's 
Washington Nationals for me are the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, look at that top three in that starting rotation there. If that mm -hmm. offense can be just good enough just to get them to the playoffs, they're going to be hell to deal with. Great call. I, I'm with you there, man. That's that's a lot Corbin of fun. Burns, Brandon Woodruff, oh. Freddie Peralta. Those yeah, three that's guys, why I don't care who's in that offense. If those three guys are starting a short series, I don't want to face them. That's the thing, though. That's why this innings pitched fear is brimming because of the playoff possibilities, and especially for a team like the Brewers who mm -hmm. are in first place and they know, hey, we got to save these guys for the playoffs. So there's got to mm -hmm. be limitations in the regular season, but you also got to win the division. So I can't wait to see what gives. And they were also one of the few teams preseason that said, hey, we're going to pitch 100 more innings than we did last year. They, they were one of the few teams to clarify that early they on. Did. We'll see if they stick to that. Yeah. yeah, Soto got a hamstring. That's bad news. He Buzz got Gale, hurt? Yeah. Him oh, and Trey right. Turner got hurt today. Even though Trey Turner had a cycle, they both got he hurt. He hit from the cycle. When did he get hurt? I don't know. I, but he's, I know. He's day-to-day -day with a hand thing, I believe. So I'll have to look into it further. But I did see it across my screen over the last hour. Tragic way to end the show, talking about these national injuries. which We just talked about the Nationals are going to make a playoff run. But if they lose Trey Turner and Juan Soto, that's... That changes things could be a problem so maybe brian's right maybe they will be getting a nice package from schwarber at the deadline who the hell knows we just talk about it we react to it we try our best to predict what will happen next but shit there's no guarantees there are no guarantees one guarantee though i can give you that every Plaza podcast episode is going to kick ass, bring you as much information as we possibly can while also having a good time doing it and that's what we did today with brockness monster brock miller ftn we're closing it out what do you want to say What's the farewell line from you? What should people know about you? We know that they should be tweeting at you for musical information, for musical leads. We learned that. Yeah, definitely that. Um, I the, the thought that I want to leave this with is um, I, I just want to thank you uh, for having me on here. Like I said, been watching this podcast for a long time. Always really wanted to be on the thing. Super pumped when you reached out to do so. Brock was going to write about the whole season on Schwab's 305 fastball junky on everything else oh yeah interesting yeah i don't know he's getting more fastballs they're flattening out their other stuff and throwing more fastballs it's going to benefit schorber it's good stuff um but yeah uh, again i um uh yeah thanks for having me on um catch them all all my stuff on ftn and in underline underscored uh explanation point hit me up for musical right you know what i'm gonna do you know what i'm gonna do this weekend, maybe on Friday. I think I'm just going to start. Uh, I'm going to make a, a, a music thread. I'm just going to make a thread of random music videos. It's going to be like a death metal song, and it's going to be like a country song, and it's going to be a pop song. There's going to be all these songs. It's going to be completely random, but they're all going to be like their own, like funky, like version, their own, like we're it just, yeah, yes. it's uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Hell do yeah, it. dude. Me, me and, uh, couple of the guys from Motor City Bengals, which is a Detroit Tigers website, that the great guys, Roger Castillo and uh, Chris Brown and John Verberg. We have this endless threads of someone will post a song and they'll tag like the same four of us every time they post it. We all react to it. We check it out. We share it. It's, it's a great way. Twitter can really be useful for sharing music. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a great idea. Joey also says, but four home runs for Schwarber versus breaking and three versus off speed. So that's seven versus non-fastballs. Not terrible. Yeah, leading, leading up to the mm, yeah. unreal tear that he's been on. 
We know that. No doubt about no doubt about it. Brian says, thanks, fellas. And he also says, Black Bear mentioned earlier. Good stuff. Hey, I, you know what? That's, everybody gets to have a guilty pleasure, and, and Black Bear's my guilty pleasure. I love it. It's terrible, and I love it. I'm going to check it out. I still don't know what it is. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to diving into I don't know everything. That's why I love doing this. People assume sometimes that they've mastered the world. Hey, I figured out most there is to know about life. I'm just going to chill out on my own time. No way. There's so much to know. And we could do it every day. We could do the show seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We still wouldn't know everything we want to know about this universe and this world, this plane of existence we're on. It's great. I love it. Chris Deary, I wish you well. I hope the basement's getting better, man. Uh, that sucks, but we're uh, always there for you. Joey says, great show from what I caught. Laugh out loud as always. Yeah, Joey, you came in on the tail end. It's better than nothing. And like I said, you can watch this whole show on our YouTube channel. If you have not subbed our YouTube channel, please sub it. Click the dingy button and like our stuff. YouTube it's likes easy it. To do. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, take a second to do it. YouTube likes it. I don't it's not for me. It's just to please YouTube. If we want to grow, we have to please YouTube. It's annoying, but it's you know, it's how things go. And make sure you follow Brock at Brockness Monster. Follow Brock, follow Brock. Not only musical recommendations, talk DFS with him too. He's got a lot of great, great analysis to share with all of you. And I'm at MJ Govier, of course, Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, Plazo Podcast on Twitter. Two L. You talk. Give me two. Two Zs. I think that about covers it, Brock. What do you say? I think it does. That was a lot of fun. That was that was as much fun as I was expecting. I was I was expecting to be a great time. Um, here we are. Couldn't have said it better myself, folks. Always a pleasure. We love all you guys. Thanks for the live stream comments. We'll catch you guys uh, Sunday. It is 4th of July, but I think I'm going to try to be doing the Sunday Fab Show. I mean, we still got Fab, and we got moves to make for a coming week. Fantasy Baseball doesn't sleep, even though it's the holiday weekend. So uh, stay tuned on that. I'll uh, I'll verify that. You can stay tuned to the Twitter page, Plaza Podcast. All righty. For Brock this Monster and Michael Gobier, catch you next time. I would do anything for an ace. I'd sacrifice my first five picks I would do anything for an ace I'd even draft play second round two But I'll never forget the way I felt When I drafted Mike Soroka In 2020 I would do But I won't do that No, I won't do that Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.